here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. <laughs> Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. A proud member of the Audio Boom family of podcasts and now available to 93 million listeners on iHeartRadio. I am the king of banter. Just one nickname this week. I'm not going to punish everybody running down my litany of nicknames. I am the king of banter, Joe Lanza. I am here for week three of No Rich Creech, who is away in Italy on his on his extended three-week vacation. What a bomb. What a bomb. And... and and of course, last week I was left at the altar by Larry Dallas, who uh, still has not communicated <laughs> with me since he since he blew me off. But uh, I do not need a third mystery guest this week because Rich Krejci has agreed to fly back from Italy specifically to participate in this podcast for week three. And Rich is here with us this week. I'm actually using the Wi-Fi on the airplane right now, so... That... I'm in business class, of course, as I always fly, thanks to uh, Takayagi Kadani. Um, and yeah, I'm on business class uh, recording right now, so everyone's going to be able to hear this on the entire plane. You know what else you've done from... And I have 10 more hours to go on this flight, so we can go as long as we want here, sir. So Rich actually, I'm all on board. Rich came home from Italy and went to work like four hours later, which, mm-hmm. which is... Oh, I felt horrible too. Yeah, and I got sick afterwards too, so <laughs> definitely not the best. Not recommended at all to d- take a 10-hour flight. Sleep for four hours and then go to work the next day. Not not great. But Rich also went to Italy, came back, and then immediately insulted every wrestler on the face of the earth <laughs> and blew up our Twitter mentions today. Um, by I just had to get back in the flow. Like I had to catch up from two weeks of not being able to. I mean, I deleted Twitter off my phone. I was like, I don't want this. I don't want anything. I don't want to know what's going on. I had I had to get back into it. I had to make two, make up two weeks worth of mentions, and I did so in like thirty seconds. So it wasn't bad. I gotta tell you. I now know how it feels to be you. Even though, listen, I've been good for like a year. But well, I've behaved myself. Well, When's the last time I caused a Twitter explosion the way uh, similar to the one that you caused today? Let's think about it. I think I've been good for about a year. Right? Um, I think it happens so often with you we forget so easily. I think so the last, I, I, have to I really think, think, I think it, the but. last major one was the Osprey Ricochet match. <sighs> yeah, 
I'm, there's got to be something in between there. I mean, you're, the the explosions that you used to have on a Twitter account, like, and I think you made a little bit of a mention of this earlier in the day as well, when you said, like, for all the stuff that everybody goes, oh, this is so toxic, oh, I hate Twitter, oh, Twitter sucks, or whatever, it was so much worse, like, three years ago. Because that was, like, any tweet you made was just a giant explosion. I just had to throw my phone into a lake for the next, like, two days yes. because nobody would get over it for, for weeks on end. Whereas now it's, like, everybody cares for, like, 13 minutes about something and then they stop caring and then nobody cares and then, and then another topic comes up and, and they just don't even care anymore whereas that back in the day like you're saying i think it was 13 14 were the two years that you pointed out like you would make one tweet and somebody would grab it out of context and then for like four weeks our mentions would just be an absolute dumpster fire similar to the dumpster fire we experienced today when uh i think what people i'm gonna let you explain yourself uh but i'm gonna tell you how i interpreted the points you were making I think people are interpreting as you are calling wrestlers stupid, as in they are all stupid people who can't do anything else with their lives. So they're, they're, <laughs> Precisely, so yeah. they're ruining their bodies because they're dumb. But what I think you were trying to say, and I think this is because for years, even on this show, you've made this point about NFL players, is that choosing pro wrestling as a profession isn't very wise because of the things that could happen to your body and because of the fact that there's what how many full-time sustainable making a real living jobs are out there for pro wrestlers today it's less than ever that's a point Dave Meltzer likes to make all the time too where even though we have this giant conglomerate of a company uh, that's dominating everything and 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 doing better than they ever have there's less jobs for wrestlers than ever uh, I mean, you can realistically on that last point. I mean, you could realistically say there's less than like a hundred, like well-paying. This is all you have to do. You're secure pro wrestling jobs in terms of for, for a wrestler. Like, think about it. Really, go through like the. I, I don't know that you'd have more than that. It's of like you're stable, you're good, you you, you know you're fine, and like well, that's, I can tell you exactly what it is. Right? It's everyone on the main roster in right. WWE. Which is probably what, like 60, 70 that I have now? I've, I don't know what the hell the roster Whatever number is, is now. But probably yeah. a few people in NXT who got better deals because they're veterans or whatnot that are making maybe, I don't know, eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 a year. The rest of the NXT talent are just making a solid middle-class wage. What do they bring? Don't they bring people in at like 40000 or something like Somewhere that. Somewhere on there. Yeah. So yeah. They're I'm just, sure. you know, yeah, they're just regular people. They're not making any kind of special money. And if it went away tomorrow, they'd have to go be an accountant or a janitor or a garbage man or or whatever and just go get a job. Um, so you have that. You have uh, what? Maybe how many of the TNA wrestlers do you think they wrestle full time and they're comfortable? Maybe what? 10 or 12? Is, I mean, less than now, I, probably. Am I overestimating yeah. that? Yeah, pro- yeah, probably there. You, you might be over. I mean, now you might be How overestimating. How many moose I'd say... do they have compared? Because Moose is making like you know nine. What was it? Ninety thousand, I think. <laughs> Something like that. Right, yeah. So, that, so you know, which good for him. Yeah, is, go, go. The point is, he's not working at Sunglass Hut on the weekends. He's making a, a, a upper middle class wage, I guess you would call it, depending where he lives, and he's doing all right. Um, but how many mooses are on the TNA roster where, you know, th- th- that's the kind con- now, now that they, you, you know, maybe um, Del Rio, obviously, and maybe a couple other, but the TNA roster is littered, especially now with, you know, indie wrestlers and people who, uh, you know, I know for, and per, and per date guys. And I mean, that, that's not guys. a sustainable thing. Yeah. Right. Here's, here's a thousand bucks. Thank you. Bye. Like that's not really going to do it for you. And then you have, you know, your, your selected, um, you know, people who have full-time gigs with either new Japan 
and a and very few people. I mean, are there any aside from Joe Doring? And we're just talking Americans here. We're not. Let's. We're, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not globalizing so, it to the entire world and, and lucha and all that. Yeah, just Americans. aside from Joe Doring, how many Americans are making a full time living in Japan outside of New Japan? I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's one or two others that we're just not thinking of. I mean, Dragon Gate has zero right now. Uh, you know, and, and there's the New Japan guys and there's Joe Doring. I mean, for, you know, who else is? I don't think there is anybody else. Is there anybody in Noah right now? I don't think there is. Um, unless I'm forgetting someone because they scaled back too. And then you have, what, maybe a dozen indie wrestlers who are really making a great living like the Young Bucks or um, uh, people like that. And then, uh, you know, and, there, and look, there's plenty of indie wrestlers who – that's all they do is wrestle. I mean, but that doesn't mean that they're living a, a very comfortable life though. That's, that's the difference. Right. Yeah. That, that, and that, yeah. that's kind of what, and I think, and I'm obviously going to let you explain yourself. Yeah. I think that that's the point you were trying to make. Look, this is a dumb profession to get into because you are going to potentially destroy your body, destroy your brain. And there's a very slim chance that you're going to hit it big. Right. Which is fine. Cause that's how I want it to be because I love this thing. I love wrestling. You love wrestling. We all love it. Like the reason, and and yeah, my, my entire, the context of my entire thing that I was talking about, which of course, you know, believe it or not, Twitter, you, you know, takes things a little bit out of context and people grab one little snippet and go nuts is uh, t- for people that don't know. And, and this happened on our Twitter account, of course, at voices wrestling. If you want to follow us on there, enjoy this uh, shit storm <laughs> all the time. But um, we were talking about Darby Allen and Darby Allen from evolve. And, and we'll get to evolve here in a little bit uh, later in the show, but people were talking about Darby Allen and, and, and sort of, you know, what's been going on with his career. And, and for people that don't know about Darby Allen or people don't follow Evolve, he was a guy who a year ago uh, impressed Gabe during a tryout at WrestleMania weekend, uh, enough for Gabe to give him a spot on the main roster for, for a show. And he was able to do an opener with Ethan Page. And in that match, Ethan Page kind of worked him over real good. And, and Darby took a, gr- a bunch of really great bumps, a lot of bumps that, that looked pretty scary, but made Ethan Page look like a million bucks. And when Darby got to the back, you know, Gabe was super impressed, and then from then on, Gabe's booked Gar- Darby Allen, and now to the point where a year later, Darby Allen is—you know—he was an involved main event. He main evented one of the shows during WrestleMania weekend or whatever, and there were some people talking about, well, geez, well, you, you know, he forgot that you know it's supposed to be a work, and he's killing himself out there, and he's killing his body and doing all this sort of stuff. And I was basically my point. And this will get to the bigger point was, well, to Darby Allen, you know, people are saying, well, is it worth it? Is it worth it to kill your body uh, to main event evolve shows? And I said, well, we, I don't know. And you don't know. And, and Joe, you don't know what what's worth it to Darby. Allen. If Darby Allen deems it worth it for him to take a, a crazy bump off a ladder through a table so that he can main event an evolve show, then then it's worth it to him. I, I don't I can't judge the worth that Darby Allen puts into his body or the worth that that Darby Allen puts into what he does. He can only judge that he can only say what it's worth. To do, and if he decides, hey, I don't really care that my back hurts because I'm at the top of my career arc right now because of what I was able to do, and because this is a part of my style, then hey, that that's what it is, and that's that's you know, I'm not gonna get mad at him about that because that's he has deemed that worthy enough for him, and that's I bring that up with the NFL all the time, where where I'm a I'm somebody who's very conscious about CT and concussions and all that other stuff, and I've always said, you know, I don't want there to be new helm, I don't want there to be as much concussion prevention because i don't think you're going to be able to prevent concussions i think they're just going to kind of happen i think wrestling is the same way i don't know that but but we'll get that's a much larger point but i just want people to be aware of it and i want nfl players to know hey i'm doing this thing and i'm gonna get paid a lot of money but you know it's gonna kill my body but hey i i I wouldn't have it any other way like this is what i want to do i i understand the risks i understand that so i'm gonna do it and to me that's you know i i quote kind of dumb and i don't mean that in a bad way 
But I mean, like, it's 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 pretty illogical for someone to say, hey, here, put this helmet on and then crash your head into another guy as fast as you can until your guy's brains are bleeding and, and, and you, 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 you can't see straight when you're 55 years old or whatever. That's dumb to say, yeah, you know what, I want to do that. But it's not dumb if it's somebody thinks that that's what they want to do. And it's not dumb if that's what you're passionate about. And it's not dumb if you think that's kind of, you know, that's your only career path. And it's not dumb if that's what you want to do. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what it is. So dumb has different contexts in this. Um, but yeah, the, 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 what started again, too, is I, I was mentioning stuff about Darby Allen making, you know, it's Darby Allen's choice to take take the risks he takes inside of a ring and take the bumps that he takes because he has deemed it worthy enough for him. And people said, you know, well, you know, that's not a great choice for him. And I don't know why he would choose to to take bumps the way he does. And I just kind of said, well, you, you know, if, if you choose pro wrestler as your career choice, you're probably not the, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed is what I said. And people took that as, as me saying, oh, you're, a, you know, wrestlers are dumb, drooling idiots. And I don't mean that at all. I mean, there's a certain part of your brain that says, ah, I don't care if it's not the smartest thing in the world to do i don't care if if falling off of a ladder onto a bunch of tables isn't the smartest thing to do that's what i want to do and it takes a certain you know quote dumb person to say yeah i don't care hit me with a shovel in a wrestling match like in what other context would you ever tell somebody hey can i hit you with shovel and you say yeah no problem i mean that's pro wrestling and that's what it is so it's inherently dumb but i don't mean that people took it as way too derogatory and that's not what i meant at all and i think most times when you talk to wrestlers they will kind of say the same thing they don't mean and in no way I'm saying they're dribbling idiots. I'm not saying they're dumb. I've met plenty of wrestlers and they're very smart people. They're, 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 they're grounded. They know a lot of good, you know, they're smart in general. They're, they're, they're understanding people that they get things. They're, they're not just these idiots, these just morons or whatever, but there takes a certain part of your brain that says, I want to be a pro wrestler. Right. And that's, I don't think that's that I harsh think, to say I think that it's kind of, you know, there's something different about you and I'm glad there's something different about you. And Joe, I'm glad there's something different about you. And I'm glad there's something different about me. And I'm glad there's something different about, you know, Alan Coulihan. And I'm glad there's something different about, you know, Brian Elliott and, and, and fighting spirit. Mag- I, I'm so glad there's something different about all of us because that's why we're here talking about wrestling because we're different. I want to be different. You should be different, but it's not the smartest thing to do. Joe, you and I could probably have better things to do with our night than sit here for three hours and talk about wrestling. Right. But we're dumb. So I don't and that's good. I'm glad we're dumb. I want to be dumb. I, I think basically what you're trying to say is it's just it, it's not a smart career path when you it's a bad risk to reward ratio. Mm-hmm. And why is it not OK to say that? I mean, it's it's there's I think we kind of get that. Like, I don't understand that we don't get that. And, and Darby Allen in particular. And, and that's people are losing sight because that's what the whole context of the argument was about Darby Allen. And I guess it's a pretty good topic as well, because he's a guy who a year ago and one of my points was. A year ago, he was nothing. He was an unknown that just showed up on a tryout on his own dime and impressed people. And he impressed people by doing this certain sort of style. And for better or for worse, that's kind of become his style. I'm the guy who takes these insane big bumps or whatever. And people say, oh, that's, oh, what a risk. Always killing himself. Always doing this or whatever. But then I ask the question, is Darby Allen main eventing in Evolve a year later from his debut or a year after his debut if he's not this style of wrestler? If Darby Allen isn't, you know, Darby Allen, is he main eventing? Because I don't think he is. No, there's not no, much no, there he, with Darby Allen. Forget Allen. it. There's absolutely no chance. He, and he a totally lot of it is like got, he totally got yeah, go he totally got over and got to the top of the evolve cards by putting his body in extreme risk. And there's I, I don't I think that one is clear cut and a great example. And that and like you said, that's what inspired your tweets. Now I do think your tweets came off a bit harsher than they intended. And the reason that I understood what you were saying is because I've known you for many years and we've been doing this show for five years. I can totally see where your tweets came off as cold and 
and heartless to someone who may not understand Rich Krage. Do you you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I got you. For sure. Uh, but and, – and I find my – and the thing with Twitter, maybe – we don't get into these sort of Twitter scrapes like we used to because I've been more cognizant of the fact that sometimes I'll type out a tweet and it reads far more abrasive than it, than it, than it, than when it forms in my head. And I think the reason for that is because sometimes I'll say something on this show and people can sense that I'm being tongue in cheek or I'm just being goofy, or I'm just being Joe Lanza. But then if you type out that exact right. same sentence in written word, it comes off like you're being an abrasive asshole. Exactly. And you know me. What am I ever serious about anything? Like, I, I, I don't care. Right. It's, you know what I mean? Like, who gives a And there's shit? been like, a lot of times over the last few months where I've either, either deleted a tweet or just, you know, pumped the brakes on it and said, you know what, I'm not sending that one out because I, I don't want to deal with the headache when six people out of our 8,500 followers take it the wrong way and retweet it, and then six more people, I just don't want to deal with it. So I think that, you know, in all seriousness, that's contributed to why we don't have these dumpster fires anymore that we used to have, because I've sort of, I, I understand the medium better. I understand that not everyone knows Joe Lanza, not everyone listens to this show, not everyone gets my sense of humor or my, my, my tone and honestly tone and, 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 and um, sarcasm and, and senses are things that are difficult to get over in 140 characters in, in written word period, let alone with just 140 characters. And especially someone like me who refuses to use emojis and rich, I've still refused. I've never used an emoji in my life and I still refuse. But the point here is I think what you put out there today came off far more abrasive than you meant it to come out. I think, and, and I can understand why some people may have thought that you were calling pro wrestlers, stupid people. And that I, I look, I knew immediately that's not what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. So, uh, you is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. In conclusion, I think every wrestler is an, an idiot and stupid and dumb. So. You know, what's not stupid and dumb, rich. Upside.com. I discovered something really big. The best new way to buy business travel. I travel for business. It's called upside.com. And I'm telling you, Rich, if you're not a business traveler or you know, and, and if, you, if you know someone who is, you have to tell them about upside. Every time you buy a trip at upside, you save a ton of money and they give you an Amazon gift card worth either $100, $200, or even $300. Every single time upside bundles, your flights and hotels together for one low price. This bundling saves money. And so you get a free Amazon gift card. Uh, if you use voice, wrestling.com slash Amazon, of course, rich, did you add that to the, I added it. In. You yeah, are shameless. Up. Let me, <laughs> that's why it's in parentheses. Like to be fair, you know, if you're a frequent business traveler, your company saves a ton of money and you can get <laughs> thousands a year just for buying your air and hotel together at upside. It takes just three minutes to see how much you can save by buying your flights and hotels together at one low price. Use our code BizTrip B I Z T R I P. And you are guaranteed to get at least a $100 Amazon gift card on your very first trip. Our code is BizTrip, B-I-Z-T-R-I-P. Gets you at least a $100 Amazon gift card for free. How can you not do this if you are traveling for business? It is a no-brainer. Save big on travel. Get a big gift card every single trip. Upside.com. That's Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. 
see site for complete details. And Rich, when you return to Voices of Wrestling this week after a two-week hiatus, and I think this is our first show together, I think we've done two shows together in <laughs> like two months, six yeah, months or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Because I so you didn't do the week before Mania. What happened the week after Mania? I don't even remember that. We didn't do a that. show at all. One week. Oh, we didn't do a show at all. There was one week where we did no show at all. Uh, because I was having my tech issues and we didn't have any sponsors, so we blew it off. And we chose the week after WrestleMania to do that one. And we, no, we had to have done the week. We no, we talked. We talked week after That's Mania. That's the only so, show okay, we did so, together. So, oh, okay. See yeah, what I'm there was one week where we did no show. Then you did the Mania preview. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 With all the geeks from the site. Jeez. See tone. Tone. There you go. See if you just if I tone. if I yeah. type that into a tweet. <laughs> right. They're going to think I'm calling them geeks. But they listen to this and they know I'm just being Joel Anza. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're geeks. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, they are geeks. You know, We are geeks. Yeah, we are dumb, too. I mean, I don't know why people get so mad about well, it. We're wrestling. So you did the Mania preview, which had to take you about 19 hours to compile and put together. Because it was about seven hours of audio. I mean, it was longer than WrestleMania. But you did the Mania preview. <laughs> That's not true. Mania was definitely longer. You did the Mania preview two-parter. Then we did the Mania review together. I did that via the phone from the hotel room. Then off to Italy. You're bouncing around Italy, okay? And I did two shows without you. So I think this we did one show in the span of five weeks. So but now we're back. This is the second show. And- refreshed, rejuvenated. And you're refreshed and rejuvenated. And I know you're excited, Rich, to talk WWE payback. Oh, God, I cannot wait. I was hoping you'd talk about WWE backlash. Uh, but I'm glad. About it. Well, okay, I, I did not listen to your show. Believe it or not, I did not. Um, when I was in Italy, did not want to listen to your voice uh, because it was finally a way to get away from you for for a little while. Um, but what what are your thoughts on the Jinder Mahal situation? Quickly, I don't know. I I, I haven't heard anything. I basically got back because I said like I deleted Twitter. I, I, I had nothing, so I got back and I was like, hey, what did I miss? And I was going through, and then I started looking, and somehow Jinder Mahal is the number one contender. Joe, how the hell did we get there, and why are we there, and what the hell's going on? Quickly, because I have no clue. Well, you know, I was interested to get Larry Dallas's thoughts on the Jinder Mahal situation. Oh, how, what did he have to but say about he, that? Uh, uh, well, Rich, he no-showed the booking, and I, oh. I still haven't heard from uh, Larry H.D. Dallas. Did you pay him the booking fee yet, or no? Sirius XM Radio. No, um, he did not receive an envelope. Um, we did get a few plugs out of it, so, I mean, that, that was kind of cool. <laughs> that should be our new um, thing. We book guests and then have them cancel on and, us, but at least they'll plug we'll us, you know, plugs. ahead of that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I did talk about that last week. I think that, um, like, a lot of wrestling scenarios uh the the extreme takes are all very bad i don't think pushing jinder mahal is the worst thing in the world largely because Did someone just shoot a can out of your window no i accidentally i gotta here's here's what happened here i had to... what happens there in texas somebody with a little pea shooter that's what it sounded like didn't it? Yeah. no what happened was i have an empty can of the diet mountain dew sitting on the desk here and um, I was while you were explaining your 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 tweets about why you hate pro wrestlers and why they're stupid. <laughs> um, I had the mic on mute and I was clipping my fingernails. So <laughs> when we came back, look, I like to multitask. There's no other time to do that. I don't know, man. I looked at my fingernails. I, I okay. thought to myself, hmm, these are getting a little long. I need to improve on the grooming. So I hit paw, I hit the mute and I happened to have the nail clipper handy. So I figured, all right, Rich is going to be talking for a while, talking himself out of this corner he painted himself into. So I'm going to clip my nails. So I muted and clipped my nails. But see, what happened was I was just talking about Jinder Mahal, 
and uh, I accidentally hit the empty can of Mountain of Diet Mountain Dew with the nail clipper. So the metal on metal. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Produced the ping that you just heard there. <laughs> that was some explanation, huh? I bet you weren't expecting something that in depth. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, the reason I don't think Jinder Mahal is that big of a deal, and of course, yes, listeners, for the benefit of Rich, who you know. He can't be bothered to listen to his own show when he's not around. So I know all you guys heard this already, but we got to catch Rich up here, bouncing around Italy, eating pizza. And uh, did you go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa? I did not make it to Pisa, unfortunately. No, I did not. Did you go to the Colosseum? I did go to the Colosseum. Did you feed the nurse to a lion? Did she come back with... (laughs) I did not. No, I did not feed the nurse to a lion. Did Did you feed a Christian to a lion? Um, The Pope was going to do a sermon there on Friday, but uh, we didn't go. So maybe... I don't know. I don't know if they have active lions there during the sermon. When, when you visit the Colosseum, do they do they feed like prisoners or something to <laughs> you guys <laughs> and the and the people? It, it, slaves also uh, walk you around the entire time? No, I, I think the lions are no longer there. No, there's no there's no like. I'll be like, believe it or not, I did not see any lions. So uh, in Rome at I all, I think they should so. feed like death row inmates to the lions, and they should have the when you, the, like the, so they could recreate it. Yeah, a little and bit. if you're a tourist, you get to do the thumbs up, thumbs down gimmick like Batista. Well, apparently, the, the uh, both the tour guides were quick to tell us that that never did occur in the Coliseum. What the thumbs so up, thumbs down? Or the feeding of the the, uh, the, the the feeding of the lions. They said the only people that ever went in with the 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 lions and the animals or whatever were like hunters and skilled hunters. The idea that they just like threw a slave out there and had him getting eaten by a lion, they said wasn't really true. But this is disappointing. I'd like to think it's still true, but or that they're doing like a you know a little PR cover up there. I think so. You know, some two thousand year old, you know. This might be like PR the, cover this might be up. like the Disney World thing where people die on the rides and they just kind of. You'll never know. Yeah, there's never been an accident at Disney World. Somehow this active you know theme park has never had an accident and there's never been a, a malfunction and no one's ever been stuck on anything yet. It's, 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 yeah, so, but, but, yeah, so how the hell did we get on that? But Jinder, the reason I don't think Jinder's that big a deal is because as, <clears> as I remember a few, uh, a few weeks ago, Rich, the last, maybe the last time we did a show, I don't know, WWE booking does not fucking matter. So what's the difference? They're, if they push Jinder Mahal and he doesn't catch on with, did I just call him Ginger Mahal like Eva Marie? I think I just called him Ginger Mahal. Did you see that Total Divas episode where she did the ring announcing? Believe it or not, I did not see this right, whole so episode. They, they, so I only read our our, our our fantastic reviews by Maya on the well, website. Well, this was season I, one, uh, and it's a clip that floated around. I thought maybe you saw it. She did some ring. They tried her as a ring announcer, and she introduced 3MB, but she oh, I, I saw, I've seen this. Yeah, she forgot his name. Yeah. She called she, she called him Ginger <laughs> Mahal. Um, I don't know if that was a work or not, because you know it's Total Divas, so who knows? But um, what what are you insinuating? Well, you know, am I ruining Christmas again? I don't I don't know what's happening here. But uh, do, do I really think that 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 uh, T.J. Wilson doesn't want to fuck his wife? No, I don't believe that. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm pulling back the curtain here. But I, I listen, I think he gives it to Natty and I think he gives it to her real good. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. I don't know. They seem very happy on. on they do. Right? Yeah, they seem very. Does happy. he seem yeah. like does he come off like a guy who doesn't who doesn't give it to his wife? I mean, that I didn't you know what I mean? So it's like that was a storyline. I think season one of Total Divas, like he didn't want a banger and she didn't understand why. All right. So he like, wanted to play with the cats instead. Of, yeah. You know. you know, a different kind of pussy. The, the other cat. Man, this this <laughs> right. is a this is an off color show. We're, we're kicking it back. To this the is old 30 days. minutes. In. This is 15 minutes in. You're going nuts. So, um, this is... so yeah, anyway, so uh, we need to get back to our schedule because then we get boring when we do like 15 shows in a row or whatever. This is <laughs> nowhere off the rails. Like never. So Jin, so Jin, old friends getting back to we just go we're nuts. Right back you know? okay, the go horse, man. So Jinder Mahal, Rich, I, I, I don't think it's a big deal because uh, as we discussed 
And as Dave Meltzer so eloquently ripped me off in the Observer last week and stole all of my talking points, because I don't care what you say, that man steals my talking points constantly. Um, no, I, I don't believe Dave is stealing my talk. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's WWE booking does not matter if Jinder Mahal doesn't work out and catch on with the fans. What does it mean? You're not gonna. It's not the pay per view. Look, if they were running a pay per view, I'd say it was a huge mistake. But we're not in the pay per view era. No one's canceling their network because Jinder Mahal is getting a title shot, so it doesn't fucking matter. That's long story short of it. On the other end of it, I don't think Jinder Mahal is a super worker and this incredible rising star that some people think he is. And uh, the other thing uh, is obviously this has everything to do with them uh, wanting to expand uh, into Italy. And uh, I'm sorry. And uh, I got Italy on, on my brain <laughs> into, I don't think Ginger Mahal is going to be popping the numbers in Italy. Yeah. I'll, I'll believe, believe it or not. Nobody was talking about it when I was in Italy. Which is so funny I don't know because working, about so. 10 years ago, remember how WWE was like the biggest thing ever in Italy for like a six. Yeah. Batista wasn't Batista like the most over wrestler in the, in, in like, I remember Dave talking about just like the numbers in Italy were just insane. And they all love SmackDown, and they all love the Batista for some reason. Yeah, but it only lasted like six months. And, <laughs> right, and it's it, so weird. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, so anyway, I fall. Look, I don't, I don't, I'm not offended that they're pushing Jinder Mahal. Do I think it's classic? I think it's terrible, classic pro wrestling booking. But the booking in this company is terrible, and the booking in this company doesn't fucking matter. So it doesn't matter that it's terrible. So anyway, that's where I fall on 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 Jinder Mahal. Yeah, which is actually because it's about where I fall too. Because I I was kind of going back and looking at a lot of the the things, and it's kind of silly and funny that it's like Jinder Mahal or whatever. And I could see why some people would would kind of go, "Oh my god, you know what the hell is going on?" But a, it's like you know, you always say the arms reach with WWE. It's you know, and I think you you coined a very good phrase too that I think we need to start using now. It was goldfish booking, where it's just like it, it's just it's it's nonsensical. It's dumb. It won't runs into the walls. Let me explain. Who cares? Like it's got the yeah. There's no attention span. Let me explain goldfish booking. Okay, what, what what WWE does now is is what Rich just said, and I, I mentioned this on our forums. It's goldfish booking, meaning goldfish are notorious for having no long-term memory whatsoever. They just they don't remember anything. They're stupid. They're dumb creatures. That's how this company treats their fan base. It's goldfish booking. It doesn't matter that Jinder Mahal was never pushed for six years and was used as, as as the lowest of the low prelims for the last it doesn't matter he won the six-way number one contender match and now he's a main eventer you're not supposed to remember any of that other stuff because you're supposed to you're a goldfish it's goldfish booking all the goldfish knows is when you feed him in the morning right then he just kind of floats around in his stupid bowl and then you feed them again the next morning. It, it, that's WWE booking, okay? Uh, they're feeding you Jinder Mahal right now. You're a goldfish. It doesn't matter that he hasn't won a non-main event television match since 2013 or whatever it is. It doesn't matter that he's been preliming it up with Curtis Axel on main event and losing every week on TV and eating Rusev's pins or whatever. It doesn't matter. You are a goldfish. He won a number one contender match. He's a main eventer now. That's it. And it, it's... It's 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 terrible booking if you're a fan of pro wrestling that gives a single shit about continuity, good storytelling, um, you know, um, good pushes, things that make sense. You're not getting that out of this company anymore, and it's only gotten worse in the network era, and it's only going to get even worse as we move forward in the network era. 
And one thing I wanted to point out too, and we've made mention of this this particular match many times before, is that WWE has done this before in the past with the roster split. Back in 2004, Royal Rumble 2004, one of the famous, you know, weird kind of what the hell matches ever is Brock Lesnar defending his title against Hardcore Holly. And of course, the background there was that Brock Lesnar, you know, had broke Hardcore Holly's neck or whatever. But still, it was Brock Lesnar, you know, at the peak of his powers, defending his title against Hardcore Holly. And it was like, it's Hardcore Holly. Like, he doesn't, but it, it was, you know, in the, in the roster split era, and they just kind of wanted a match to get from point A to point C or whatever. And they needed a point B, and they decided, ah, fuck it. Hardcore Holly, whatever. And you Who know, cares? they used like, to do that shit a lot. For, for, yeah, for the, like, for, it's not that they uncommon. They used to do yeah. that a lot for the Royal Rumble during that era. Where they would have because the rumble match exactly, was a big deal. Exactly because there was, and, then and you know, you know why? Because yeah. there was no risk. Because they knew the rumble was going to draw anyway, and so they could fuck around and not burn a, a previous title or a previous match bingo. or whatever. Not not burn a match in the future. So which is good. Bingo, which is what we talk about with New Japan all the time, right? Not burning your matches before you need to. They knew they 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 weren't going to burn a potential match that can draw down the line, so they were going to give you hardcore Holly because they knew the rumble would draw. It's the same thing here. There's no risk in pushing Jinder Mahal. There's only upside if it does help them with the India situation. So how can you say it's there's no risk? And when there's no risk, Rich. All right, one thing I'll ask you though: Are you helping the India situation by having him be a dash? Well, that's a completely different topic because because you're not. Um, but, but the thing is, when there's no risk to something, there's really no point in analyzing it. Which is why I kind of went on my, you know. Jerry Maguire diatribe a few weeks ago on this show where I'm just sick and tired of talking about WWE booking. Why am I analyzing something that doesn't fucking matter in the big, <laughs> in the big picture? I'm wasting right. my fucking breath. We're wasting our time when we could be breaking down the booking of New Japan or All Japan or Evolve or Ring of Honor or, or, or Impact or whatever where there's tangible consequences to bad booking and tangible results to good booking. And WWE, you're not getting that month to month. You can argue that you're getting it big picture with who you choose as your biggest stars, as somebody breaks into Rich's house as they busted a window with a lead pipe. <laughs> Rich, are you alive? I'm alive. That was that was my dog being a right. Louis. So wanting to, wanting to play with a ball at, at the exact moment that I started talking. Poor job, Adelou. You know. Poor job. But to yeah. be fair, what did you do with the dogs when you were gone? Uh, they went to uh, Michelle's parents. Okay. They, do nice, they do a so nice. They do a nice job they, with the dog. Well, they have two other dogs. They have two other dogs, too. So, it's, I mean, it's anarchy there, I'm sure, with four dogs. But, yeah, they, they get along then. It's a good spot for them to be at. Yeah. So. so, anyway, the point is breaking down WWE booking is is ultimately pointless. <laughs> so, let's spend the next half hour and, doing and, it. I mean, no, actually, we're not even doing that. We're talking about why it's pointless. And it's like, yeah, right, it's right. like I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bury them for the mile. We've gone real meta now. Now we're, we're, yes. we're going to spend more time talking about why it's pointless to discuss why. And by the way, it exists. that's yeah. not even payback. Okay, <laughs> so next week we're going to do Jinder Mahal for the third week in a row. Okay, and it's not. And, and here's the thing. He, you know, it's not technically the lead off topic because we did your your Twitter, uh, you know, business first. And last week I actually opened with House of Hardcore, if you can believe it or not, um, before I got into Jinder. But you wouldn't know because if you're not on a show, Rich, you're too good to listen. So you, you wow. wouldn't know anything about my my House of Hardcore breakdown. Uh, on, on on my solo show, which got raver. To be fair, the the monastery, the the former monastery that had been converted into a hotel that I stayed at, did not have great Wi-Fi. Believe it or not. So yeah, that didn't. Uh, you've been, you've been home well. for a full forty-eight hours. That's more than enough time to listen to my two. Hours. <laughs> 
podcast. I have to talk to you for three hours tonight. What the hell do I want to listen to you tomorrow? If tomorrow. you had listened to the show last week, uh-huh. you wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have wasted 20 minutes explaining. But then we had this, this fantastic discussion here, but, and that would have but never But see, happened, here's the so. thing. The listeners all heard this already. I wouldn't have had to waste 20 minutes explaining Jinder Mahal to you because you would have heard my stance on Jinder Mahal, okay? You've really turned heel since this return from Italy. I have, yeah. I don't know. I'm off the rails. You've turned heel on every pro wrestler. You've called them all stupid. You've turned heel on me, and you've turned heel on the listeners. And I got to tell you, you even turned heel on Upside.com by slipping in the Amazon link there. Not at all. You get an Amazon gift card. Why not use it on voicewrestling.com? All Amazon. I'm saying, Rich, is... That's not a heel turn at all. That's they're going to give you the gift card anyway. What you, where you use the Amazon gift card doesn't matter. It's the same purchase. All I'm saying is when Upside.com doesn't cut their check for us because <laughs> you will learn the hard way, my friend. Oh, this is this is so, ridiculous. Let's let's talk. WWE about Payback <laughs> is the pay per view coming up. This is the Raw branded pay per view, but this because a lot of this stuff was built before the uh, Superstar Shake Up. What did they call that gimmick? The Superstar Shake Up. Whatever it was yeah. called. It's a shake-up. It wasn't a draft show. It was a Not shake-up. a draft, no trades, just shaking it up. <laughs> just guys coming out. For shaking some it up like a Kira, like a Kira Tazawa and Yuhan Nation. Shaking it up. <laughs> uh, did, you, you probably didn't see, but they did a little nod because uh, those two fellas are on the same brand now, Rich. I, I couldn't Ooh, tell you which yeah, one they... because I can't get any of that straight. <laughs> but they're on, I think they're both on Raw now, and they did – give a little nod to the hardcore fan they did about an eight second uh locker room thing where they shook hands and said how happy they were to be together on the same brand and then i forget but like two main eventers came and knocked them out of the frame and you know that was that but uh so <laughs> small victory no, you know what it was i think it was titus o'neill who's now aligned with uh i don't know Apollo Crews is trying to align with Titus O'Neil. He's trying to get on the Titus brand, which is a brand you that, definitely listen, want to get if on. I'm that, that's a brand going up. So. Absolutely. Uh, but, but yeah, so uh, Superstar Shakeup. So we've got the uh, payback event here, which has a few SmackDown Live exclamation point superstars on it. Uh, so let's go match by match, Rich, and we can do the 1 to 10 gimmick. We haven't done that in a while. I was going to do the 1 to 10 gimmick with Larry Dallas, but Larry Dallas, unfortunately, no showed the show last week. Oh, and I still wow. haven't heard huh. back from him, but let's let's do it. Uh, Wait, what? And, did and, what? And it would have spared you a payback breakdown because I would have done it last <laughs> week. Rich, Damn I it, had an Larry. entire show format laid out that would have played right into Larry Dallas's strengths. And then when he stopped answering me, I had to reformat the entire show. In, in, here's an insert Larry Dallas has strengths joke right here. I, I'm not making it, but I feel like somebody would want to make and it. Then so I had there to, you go. It's parentheses, insert Larry Dallas has strengths joke. Scrap okay. that show. See, yeah. Okay, and then reformat an entire show on the fly and do it by myself. It was very stressful, but I think I got through it. In all seriousness, though, I really think Larry dropped the ball because there was (laughs) – no, no, listen. I'm going to – let me explain this before we get into payback because I I, last week I didn't really bury him because at that point I didn't know whether he was dead because he just dropped off the planet, and he didn't read any of my messages at that point either. Right, and we've had that with past guests where, like, they, w- they won't show up, and then we, we have no – and then, like, we don't want to be like, ah, this yeah, guy blew – you know, the and then it's like, oh, he, di- he died in a car yeah. crash or whatever, and then we're well, like, oh, if he had God, an, an emergency, like... it could have been anything. So, and right, I'm not yeah, necessarily, yeah. per se, burying him now. I mean, I don't have any ill will towards Larry Dallas, um, but, but the thing is, I think 
when I announced he was going to be on the show, it was met with a very mixed response. A lot of people were like, wow, Larry Dallas and Joe Lanza on a live mic. This is going to be incredible. Uh, the world is going to burn, and I can't wait for this. Um, the other half were like, ugh, Larry Dallas? Yeah, no thanks. I'm not downloading that one. But the thing about Larry Dallas and, and what a lot of people don't seem to under, don't quite understand is, you know, he, he does bust it open five days a week on Sirius and he's, you know, he does pretty decent radio. It's not the same kind of show that we do. It's more of a WWE centric show and, but he takes the gig seriously. And I think, uh, you know, and I, I, I listen when I'm in, I'm not going to tell you, I listen every day for two hours, but when I'm in the car, I'll turn it on. And, you know, I did my homework on Larry before he came on. And I think doing this show would have really helped his reputation in a lot of ways. And I'm being dead serious right now. I think people would have seen that, you know, he has become, uh, you know, he's taking this seriously as, you know, this new role he has as a member of the media and, you know, doing um, satellite radio and all these sorts of things. I don't think, I think people thought that they were going to be getting this goofball from Dragon Gate USA and this guy from, I think they thought they'd be getting the guy who no-showed Rich is what I'm getting at. But I think it would have been, I no, but I really think it would have been beneficial for Larry to do it. I thought it would have been beneficial for us to have Larry on because, Look, I, look, full disclosure, you know, he's going to plug us on his in his satellite radio show, and that would have been great exposure for us. You know, as soon as he announced that he was doing it, you know, our Twitter followers went up. You know, a lot of the people who listened to Busted Open and had no idea who we are now know who we are. And, it, you know, it would have been, you know, tenfold if he actually would have shown up, but he didn't. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. I, I really think he would have surprised people. And I think we would have had a really fun show, but it's all, you know, it's all, is it water under the bridge? Is that the right phrase? Is it water under the bridge now? Or is that when you make up with somebody and the point is I'm not even mad at it's whatever it's, it's (laughs) whether it's water under the bridge or whether it's a moot point, uh, he didn't show up. So now, you know, Rich gets to break down payback and I know you're excited about that. Let's start with the pre-show match that you're not going to watch. It's, <laughs> Zero. It's Enzo and Big it. Cass against the club. I feel like I've seen this a few times. Um, I got to tell you, they actually have some pretty decent matches together, though. They always work. Yeah, everybody always gets mad about like the Enzo formula or whatever, and what they're fine though. I don't mind it. Like, yeah, you've seen them a thousand times, and that really speaks more to the depth of of the tag team rosters on either brand or whatever. Especially Robert, but SmackDown's having its own issues now as well. But I don't know. I'm kind of fine with these matches. I don't really mind them, and I I like the formula, and I think Enzo does great in the formula too. And you know, there's nothing better than a you know, the big cast hot tag or whatever. And I think Gals and Anderson are 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 getting better at just kind of fitting into their little pocket that they're in. And and yeah, I guess if we don't if we don't want anything really high end from them and, and we don't think that we're going to get anything high end from them, you're fine with what you're getting. And I think they've kind of fit their roles perfectly. And I, yeah, I'm fine with these matches. I mean, they're kind of boring because we've seen them, you know, 6,000 times, but eh, whatever. I mean, I, I enjoy them every time. So I think a problem with this show is that a lot of the finishes are very predictable and, and, you know, the Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho match is a good example. Jericho is obviously going away for a while. These men are on opposite brands. SmackDown, another reason why the gender thing's not so, not that big of a deal is SmackDown's being built around Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. You know what I mean? It's like the Randy Orton gender thing is almost secondary. Although this week it did get a stronger push than it did the week before. But we have Kevin Owens defending the United States title against Chris Jericho. Obviously, Kevin Owens is winning the match. Does that hurt it to the point where it's going to be hard for you to get into it? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. I, cause I think those guys are going to go out there and, and I, I'm pretty convinced that Jericho knowing that this is probably his last one for, for a while is going to go out there and, and really bust his ass in there as well. So no, it doesn't really hurt me all that much. Cause I think I, I try to separate myself sometimes from those. I mean, there are times where, yeah, not knowing the finish and going in with a, you know, anybody can win can really determine how well I like a match. But in a case like this, I, I, I know already. So I've already kind of set those expectations. So now I'm just looking forward to what those guys do in the context of a match and not really worrying that in the end, you know, Owens is going to win or whatever. And, and more look at, you know, how Owens wins and how Jericho works in the match up to that point too. So I don't, it doesn't really hurt me that much. I mean, more times than not, I'd like to know that we don't know the finish or that we it's not predictable, but sometimes it doesn't matter. I mean, you can kind of separate it uh, and, and take it out of context. Throw a number well. on it. Uh, which one? The Owens Jericho? Seven. I'll, I'll go to seven there. We know Jericho has, is going to have no qualms doing a clean job on the way out here. Uh, him and Owens are legit, legitimately buddies. Jericho is a guy who's going to do business the right way. So I just want to see if they put Owens over super strong. WWE is a company where once you're a heel, you can no longer win on your own. You have to use nefarious tactics because you're a bumbling idiot or you're not good enough and this and that. But this is a rare situation where they really have a chance to just have a heel win clean in the middle, clean as a sheet, because one guy's going away for a while. And I'm curious if they if they will choose to do that. Hardy boys defend against Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, the Hardy Boys, they are not quite broken. Matt slips in a mannerism here or there. Um, what do you think of this one? I don't think that there's uh, any chance that Cesaro and Sheamus win. I think that they're going to keep the titles on the Hardys until they sort out the broken situation, which uh, supposedly they're working on something with uh, Impact Wrestling where they can get the rights to that. Um, I guess, I, I don't know. I guess it's not possible that Cesaro and Sheamus could win. Um, the, the problem here is I think with, without a lot of shortcuts, I don't know that the Hardy boys can necessarily deliver on a consistent basis with the physical condition that they're in. Yeah, that, that's my worry too. And that's why I'm kind of low on this match. I'm probably at about a five or whatever, because I think that, you know, if I thought that the Hardys could go out there and just absolutely kill it with these two, which I think they could do it, but will they do that? Can they sustain every time out there, every single big time pay-per-view, every single big time event going out there and, and giving it their all every single time? I don't know that they necessarily can. And and I'm sure those guys are hurting, you know, on a weekly basis, daily basis, nightly pay, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little reserved here because I feel like they're going to leave some in the tank. And I feel like they understand too, that they've kind of reached back to WWE and they don't now necessarily have to go out there and kill it every single time. Cause now they've gotten back to where they want to go to. So now they can kind of play it cool a little bit, not saying that they're going to slack off and be terrible or whatever but that they don't have to do what they did when they would do you know a, a spotty ring of honor ladder war match or whatever or you know some other type of featured you know type match they don't necessarily have to do that anymore and i don't think they're going to need to or, or really want to do that anymore either so i'm a little reserved on, on how good it's going to be and especially the the matchup with cesaro and sheamus it just seems kind of weird on paper right it's just i don't know that those two are going to have or, or those two teams rather are going to have great chemistry maybe they will but it just doesn't on paper i think like cesaro and sheamus can throwing them around and beating them up can be a lot of fun. I don't know. I'm going to put a seven on this. I mean, I kind of buried it when I set it up, but I, you know, I'm interested to see um, what the heart, the thing about Matt Hardy is um, he, even in the matches that had the heavy shortcuts, he really hid in a lot of those matches and didn't do a ton. Now, Jeff, we know him. He's nuts. He doesn't care about his body. Um, You know, he's a, he's, he's, he's extreme rich we all know jeff hardy he drinks funny colored mountain dew and he rides motorcycles and he's uh 
you know, and he wears uh, glowy paint on his face and he's a crazy guy. So you never have to worry about Jeff Hardy, uh, you know, going in there and putting forth a, a crazy effort, no matter how much pain he's in. But Matt, the last few months, he, you know, I, I don't know, even in a lot of those ladder matches, he was the, you know, the fourth guy out of the four guys in terms of taking risks and putting his body on the line. Um, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, House of Horrors match. We have no idea what it is. Um, look, this is another one of those matches where it's a carryover feud from where Wyatt was on SmackDown. It is non-title because, of course, Jinder Mahal is getting the next title shot the following month. But this is another one of those matches where, well, you know, now that they've taken the title stipulation off, it kind of ruined the notes that I had here. So I was going to say that there's no way Orton could lose. But I guess if it's non-title, Bray Wyatt could win. Um, Rich, is your interest level anywhere above a one or a two for this? Because I think maybe from a train wreck perspective or curiosity, yes, what this could exactly, be, maybe you'd go right. a little higher. For perversion purposes, I'm at like a nine because this thing could really just go off the rails quickly. And that I think honestly, to have it be anything where they actually try to take it serious or try to, I mean, because and, and that's the problem is I think they're probably going to make it that, and it's going to be kind of eye rolling because everybody kind of fails to ever, you know because for this to be really great it would have to be the kind of a nuanced funny we understand this is stupid type thing but they don't do that with bray wyatt they they always kind of think that he's like what they do is really cool and scary and and unique you know what i mean like it, like the, the freaking bugs in the ring or whatever if everybody just kind of laughed at that and they're like what the hell is this or whatever i'd almost like it a little bit better but it was like oh my god bugs are being projected into the ring or what ew gross weird like and that's how this match is going to be i'm assuming it's i'm assuming it's gonna be all pre-taped stuff i'm assuming it's going to be a fucking haunted house or something that Bray Wyatt's going to lead Randy Orton through. I don't know what it's going to be. It could be complete train wreck funny, and that's why I'm a little excited for it. But I, I, I it, it's really weird because it has the ability for me to either be like my favorite match on the entire car because it's just so silly and so funny and so weird and, and, and odd and, and, and kind of makes fun of itself in a lot of ways. Or it can just be like 45 minutes and just an absolute grind to death of everything that's horrible about Bray Wyatt. So I, it could go either way with this one. So I'm at a nine, but I could like, I, I almost might regret that, you know, 10 minutes into the match if I go, oh no, it's not going to be what I think it is going to be. Because I kind of feel like it's going to be funny and kooky, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> It's a little odd wrong. that this company ha- has Randy Orton involved in two separate programs at the moment because, as you know, we're all goldfish and we're stupid, and we can't really handle that. But he's got two feuds going at once. It's strange. They, you know. So this whole superstar shakeup and guys switching rosters has kind of thrown them for a loop here, and I guess they feel the need that this they, – they feel that this feud needed one more match. I don't know that it necessarily did. I was more than satisfied never seeing these two men match up again. I'm wondering if this will be like the WCW House of Horrors from that Halloween Havoc. What was it? 91? 91, right? Yeah. Where I, that was Chamber, Chamber of Horrors. Of course, yes. Sir. Very Where different. Abdul the Butcher was electrocuted. <laughs> See, now that match is incredible because that one, like two minutes in, you could tell everybody knows that it's kind of stupid. And like, it, it's just it, that one is, is I love that match. That match is one of my favorite matches of all time because you can kind of laugh at it a little bit. And, and it doesn't stay too long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And it's so goofy and so kooky or whatever that it, I don't know if at the time when like Dave Meltzer was watching it and reviewing it, he probably hated it. But, uh, you know, watching it back now with 2017, and if people haven't seen that, it's a really fun match. It's like 15 minutes long and it's really, you know, nothing's good. I mean, Abdullah Butcher literally gets electrocuted in the ring because uh, what is that? Doesn't, uh, was it Rick Steiner that switches places with him as Cactus Jack is pulling the lever? 
Because like, so I, I think it's either, I, I believe it's Rick. Rick Steiner's in the chair and Cactus goes over to pull the lever that's going to electrocute Rick Steiner. And then just like for some odd reason, Rick gets up and then like, I, I think he, he does some sort of bear hug or, or some sort of like belly to belly and puts Abdullah in the chair. And then Cactus Jack just do- doesn't bother to look over. Just goes, well, everything is as it was, you know, a minute ago. So I will pull this lever. Yes, and then his partner, he electrocutes Abdullah the so. butcher. And the diamond <laughs> stud was in that match. Yes, that match has got a lot of really fun. It had the referee camera, too, which is this horrible camera they put on top of the referee. Which, by the way, the referee moves a lot, including his head. So it's uh, not necessarily Why'd the best. Why'd that match uh... even have a ref? Wasn't the idea to kill someone in the chair? <laughs> the idea, I think... The finish of this match should be Randy Orton electrocuting Bray Wyatt and killing him. Wouldn't that be satisfying? <laughs> like, in storyline. Yeah, like just murder Bray Wyatt. And Husky Harris debuts on Raw the, the following week. I mean, I've had enough of Bray Wyatt. And I really wouldn't mind if Randy Orton murders him in the House of Horrors match. Uh, Neville defends the king of the cruiserweights. Neville defends the cruiserweight championship against Austin Aries rematch from WrestleMania. My hype levels here. I've got this at a nine. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. they, had, they had an excellent match at WrestleMania. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I hope it gets a similar amount of time. Cause what they got like 14 minutes or something at WrestleMania, which is fine, which is, you know, which is fine. Um, it's a good time. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be in front of more than, you know, 37 people like it was. I think Mania, Neville's so. been an excellent champion. I think Neville's having an excellent year. I think you can make an argument. Neville's been the best wrestler in WWE this year. How about that one, Rich? Is that a hot take? That's uh, pretty hot, but you know, yeah, I mean, consistently, and he's been doing it on, on a bunch of different brands as well, a bunch of different shows and, and stuff that a lot of people maybe haven't seen, but yeah, I, I don't think that's that uh, wild. And Austin Aries as well. I mean, now they're doing this feud where TJ Perkins did the big turn. I don't know if that's why you were bouncing around Italy, but uh, Neville is sort of the, uh, the, the, the giving this bad advice to TJ Perkins and he's taken him under his wing. Well, not so much taking him under his wing as he's just sort of the devil on TJ Perkins shoulder. And uh, TJ Perkins and Austin Aries have had, a bunch of cool little TV matches in the interim. Um, look, I don't, Neville has been such a good champion that I would hate to see him lose the title. At the same time, if he beats Aries again, where do you go with Austin Aries? And Austin Aries is way too talented to just be a guy, you know, wrestling Tony Nice in the 205 live opener. So I kind of feel like Aries has a shot to win here. That's interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that too. I, just because you got to do, because then yeah, there's nothing then really left for Austin Aries because he's he's, he's kind of and that's the problem too. Is you mentioned there's really no feuds for the cruiserweights unless you're going for the title, and it'd be a shame for Austin Aries just to kind of go to the back and and do nothing now because he's, well, he's way well, too I'll talented you, to do that. Wait, of course, hate, you don't want I, Neville I don't doing that either. But yeah. I hate, but I know you haven't yeah. been watching 205 Live and you've been away. But they have done a good job in terms of giving the other guys stuff to do. You've got the. T- but on that show, on though, that right? Show, I mean, right. is it really translating no, to anything gonna, else, like, though? You know, no, you're right. Like, Tazawa and Brian Kendrick are not getting a pay-per-view match, is what is it basically. Right, and I think that's a waste of Austin Aries right now, is to have him. I, I don't care if he's doing really good stuff on 205 Live. That's really cool for you, I, and the, you know, the, the thousands of people that watch you know, 205 Live or whatever. But I think Austin Aries, at this point in his career, is way too talented to just oh, be I get doing what stuff you're on saying. 205 Live. What you're saying Live. is, yeah. if they move him out of the title picture... That means he's not getting matches on Raw. He's not going to be on pay-per-view. And he's just going to be a guy feuding. 
Yeah, and, and that's I don't think that's a good use for him right now. I think he's really at the top of his powers right now. So I, I that's why I see moving the title to him for a little bit and letting him then run some feuds on on, on both two hundred five live and the pay per views and some other big stuff as well. I think that would be the my best fear use here for too. Him is is, is Aries right now, was yeah. super over as a commentator? Then he was super over when he got back in the ring. If you beat him again, are fans going to lose faith in him or are they going to lose out on that? Right. That's but it. at the same time, mm-hmm. does it fucking matter? Because it's a guy on 205 Live. It's a guy they're never going to push seriously at the top of the card. But it's just another example of how this company doesn't look at things in a traditional sense. If this was 1978 and this was in some territory somewhere, the booker might say, shit, this former commentator is hot. Fans love this guy. Let's, you know, run with it. But that's never going to happen in this company. It doesn't fucking matter. But, you know, so again, I'm sort of breaking this down from the traditional pro wrestling sense of, man, you can't beat him because then he won't, you know, he, then they're going to cool him off. But I don't think they really give a shit. So, you know, it's WWE. What are you going to do? But, um, you know, I, I will be happy with either result because, again, I think Neville's been a great champion. But... I just want them to go out there and kill it. And I hope it's a hot crowd, too, for it, too. I hope it'll be nice to see them be able to maybe even have a similar match to what they had at Mania. But do it in front of a, you know, a full audience and not, you know, people filing. In you know what I popcorn, don't want? So. But what we're going to get a bullshit finish with TJ Perkins. And that's what we're going to get. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. After Strowman flipped him over in an ambulance. And after (laughs) Strowman um, uh, lost to Callisto in a dumpster match, but then murdered the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the childlike masked Mexicans. They always have to be childlike. Um, you know, now he takes on Roman Reigns. They have had one match before. It was excellent. Um, Roman Reigns is obviously the guy that they're going to continue to push and, and, and heading into the next WrestleMania where he will presumably take down Brock Lesnar, but is Braun, but should Braun be the guy? I mean, you know, he's getting crowd reactions. He's having better matches than anyone could have dreamed that he could have. Um, he's, he's just this undeniable force. It seems like he has all the momentum and it seems like, again, in a, if this were a traditional pro wrestling company, which it's not, you might want to, this would be a perfect spot to switch gears and go with this guy, but they're never going to do that. Unless Vince McMahon dies, Roman Reigns is going, it's going to be full steam Roman. We all know that. Do you think that's a mistake? Because I, I do. I think Braun, right, and it's and right now is the time to strike. Yeah, he's so hot right now. He's getting better by the week. And I have even like, and I always, one of my things that I always gauge, because we live in our little bubble or whatever, but I have, you know, my casual fan friends, one of my, you know, Dan is one of them, Jason, or a few of these guys that will text me and stuff. And they've been like all in on Braun lately. And that's usually I judge the barometer and I'll just kind of ask them some questions. Or, hey, what'd you like about him? You know, I kind of interview them a little bit because I like to judge what they think. They don't listen to this show very much. They don't dig, they're not our f- members of our forum. You know what I mean? Like they don't really dig into that, all that stuff as much as, as we do. So I kind of like to hear what they think and why they're liking guy. And, and they just, I don't know. He just—he's been a badass lately. And it's awesome. He's just buzzsawing through people, and he's—he's he's destroying guys, and it's—it's it's, it's really cool. And I was like, all right, cool. That's and and yeah, I, I'm right with them because I think yeah, he's got all the momentum, and he's got all the stuff, and and casual fans are, are are reacting to it too. You can hear the crowd reactions. People are are reacting to him one way or another, and yeah, it, it seems like the perfect time for them to kind of change gears a little bit. And that's the saying, you know, you bury Reigns and he becomes a mid Carter and da da da. But this would be a real big moment because everyone's coming in thinking, okay, Reigns is winning, Reigns is winning, Reigns is winning. Well, shock the world. Had Braun win, you know what I mean? Like really 
say, okay, we're going all out with this guy. The Reigns thing, you can go back and do any time you want. The Reigns thing, in eight months, they can say, okay, we want Roman Reigns again. In four months, they can say, okay, because they're going to do it anyway. They're always just going to fire that thing up again whenever they want. Don't let the don't let the flame burn out on this Braun Strowman thing. You've got something going right now. You you know, he loses to Reigns. Then he's kind of got this weird rudderless thing. I mean, this would be such a big moment if he just goes out there and beats him and then says, you know, there's nothing left for me to go. I'm going to even if it's a one off against Brock, even whatever you want to do. But that's I, that's the guy with the momentum right now. Let Reigns uh, Reigns can come whenever he wants. That thing's going to go on for another decade. Well, like but you see, said. What I'm saying is I think long term Braun should be the guy instead of Roman. Well, yeah, that that maybe, but, but that, yeah, I don't that's know that. Pointless because it's never <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah, there's no point but, but us arguing about that. But it's like that, yeah. I think but. Braun could win this match because I think they have plenty of time between now and WrestleMania. I mean, this could be a long-term program between these two guys. I don't think he's going to though. That's the problem. I, I think Reigns. No, I, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. But I think he could. I don't think. I don't think this. Like, no, I think it's possible. Yeah, and I think they should. I think he could, and I think he should because it, it'd be the right move at this point in time to do that. And 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 Braun's got all the momentum right now, and. Whatever you do with him, I mean, and this is a perfect moment for you not necessarily to say that he's bad or good. Let let it be one of these shades of gray characters that we always say. Let the fans dictate what they want to do with a Braun Strowman. If it's a Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar, let the fans decide which guy they're going to like because that's a match that's going to attract a lot of people. That's a match that looks aesthetically unique and different and 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 big and 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 you know what I mean. Like that's that's a really fun, cool match, and it's something that we haven't really seen before. So if you want that big time attraction, you want to do something with Braun and and, and have Brock have some fun matches. I'm all in on the Braun Brock, and you don't necessarily have to have a clear dynamic of who's good, who's bad, who do you like. You know what I mean? Like, this could be one of those shades of gray moments where you kind of let the crowd decide which way they're going to go, but I I, I don't know that they're going to do it. I feel like a lot of this, and, and, and a lot of people are probably true in that too, that a lot of this Braun buildup has been just so we can, you know, lose to Roman Reigns and let that train keep going. But maybe they change gears. I don't know. I, that would be the right thing to do on, in my mind, but. I, I'm gonna give this a two because I'm not looking wow. for hyperbole. <laughs> That's gonna oh, okay, exist. I'm just joking. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm no, no. I, I'm gonna. The match is gonna be pretty fun. It's gonna be great. But like, Twitter's gonna be an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Circles this point, of so. Twitter. I mean, these guys will go out there, and if they have like a two and three quarter star match, we're gonna hear that it's a match of the year. I mean, but you just kind of have to shut out that noise. Um, but but I mean, look, I, I'm looking forward to it because I'm curious about the booking, and I thought they had a pretty good match. To li- what what was the show where they faced each other? I know they had a pay per view match. Uh, what was that? Yeah, it was a few. It becomes so hard. I used to be able to like memorize all these shows, but it, either doing this show or just WWE being what they are, I cannot remember what any of these fucking shows are anymore. Um, Fastlane, 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 Fastlane right? 2017. Is that what it was? I was like, that was like not that long ago. Was that like it, no, it wasn't ago? that long ago. But I mean, I know that feels like an eternity ago. Yeah, match, geez. It, was, it was pretty good. So yeah, yeah. Well, I remember writing about it for the old Fighting Spirit magazine. There's a little plugaroo for Brian Elliott. How about that? He got mentioned twice here on this show. Um, I guess we'll find out if he listens, right? You'll find out in your that's chat. That's true. You know what? That's a good yeah, yeah, there zero you go, Brian. That. Stick a little extra that's zero true. in there. Brian was annoyed with me because I couldn't. Um... <laughs> so you get $20 this time. Oh, you're burying me. Burying me. Ah. Um, you, you, he's annoyed with me because I couldn't do the WrestleMania week reviews because I had no laptop. My laptop was being repaired. So I don't know who covered for me, but uh, but I, I am on board for the payback. I discussed it with Brian earlier today. So uh, I'm, I'm back, back in his good That's graces. Good. I, I, I know I left him in a hard spot there uh, for the uh, for, you know, the biggest show of the year. But uh, I think uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who handled it, but I'm sure they did a uh, tremendous job. Seth Rollins against Samoa Joe. 
here. We've got, of course, this is an extension of Seth's feud with Triple H. He's no longer using the pedigree because you see he defeated the King Rich. So he's not using the King's move anymore. Mm -hmm. So now he's doing a rainmaker flying knee convolution. (laughs) Nobody knows how to bump for it thing as his finisher, which I'm sure he's going to crush someone's face at some point. Yeah, don't do this. This move is, and I'm not usually the guy that's like, ah, that move's stupid or that. That this move, it just looks like crap, and no one. It's impossible to take a really good bump on that unless you really get. I mean, it's gonna take like, it's gonna take months before people really understand how to do it, and everything's got to be perfect for it to look good too. This, this is one of those ones, and a lot of times you'll see guys on the indies that do these moves, and you can tell the second it happens, you're like, no, just it's not gonna work. You're gonna have a guy that's not gonna know, and and especially especially a guy like Seth Rollins who's not most you know the real the most polished wrestler in the world, like him missing this knee by like a inch is going to blow some guy's nose up and that's not going to be good that's a guy who would give knees to guys and break their noses i mean famously you know broke john cena's nose or whatever you know doing knees and stuff so yeah maybe maybe put this one away see poor uh carl anderson trying to figure out how to bump for this thing i mean he didn't know what direction to go (laughs) and that's one of the best rainmaker bumpers ever he's a good worker you know and he didn't know what the hell to do so well, where do you go with it? Like, do you, is it a flat back well, bump? Is it a when, spin? Is, is it like the rich cl- the wrist clutch and he and he does the ripcord deal? He kind of ends up like the opposite side of his body when he the, it's, it's yeah, really right, strange. right, right. So where am I supposed like, to go? Do I fall behind you? Do I fall, you fall straight flat? down? On like, your knees? I don't know what you do. Um, but you know, I don't know. Seth's watching his New Japan tapes and he came up with his own twist on that. <laughs> but I mean, I, what did this guy use as a finish? Before the pedigree, because I don't even remember. I mean, what? um, kind of. Well, he had some knee thing, didn't he? What was it before? I, what the hell I was that know. thing That's called? Why I'm asking you. I... Yeah, oh, I'm not Mr. Moves either. You and I are the two worst. You're the absolute worst, and I'm probably second worst on the. Uh... What was it? It was We're that. We're not good with him. No, what the hell was that Didn't thing? Did he do? Uh, a... was he using like a Phoenix Splash? Oh, the 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 curb oh, but yeah, he can't whatever, use that right? anymore. No, no, he can't use it. And then I think after that, did he use anything after that? Uh, Other than I think then it went curb think, stomp yeah, right to the pedigree, did, if yeah, I remember correctly. So I don't know. He can't use like any. Well, and then he had like that. The there was a high knee that he would do from the top rope, but that was like Shield era Rollins. And I don't know if that was ever like a finisher. That was more the. Um... Just something you do to build up with the shield. So yeah, I thought it was a curb stop into the pedigree. You know, a big quickly. thing with WWE finishing moves is they have to be something that you can do to a man of any size. That's important because you have so much size diversity on the roster. And the other thing you have to think about is it has to be reversible. Because when you start working those long main events, we all know the WWE main event style is based reversals and counters and things of that nature. I can't even think how this move is going to be reversible or you can't duck. How do you reverse this? I mean, once he, he does the gimmick where he, you know, yanks you in like Okada or Jake Roberts or whatever, you, there's no way to reverse that. It has to be reversed during the wrist clutch. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know. Unless you want to grab his knee and then, but that that's not really going to work though. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you like grab his knee just, and then like throw him to the ground or whatever. But that's really hard. That's a it's lot. It's just to a ask poorly for. conceived finish, I think. Okay, I'm watching it right now, and Carl Anderson like went to one knee that's after he I took mean, the ball. It was, bomb, it was so kind of, awkward. Yeah, it was incredibly awkward. It was it was just some scene, but us. Uh, 
Oh, because that's how Okada. Okada went on two knees when he did it. Okay, so this video that I watched showed them back side by side. So maybe it was a little O there by Carl. Because Okada goes to a knee as well when he Wait, takes o- it. when so. Okada takes what? Because uh, Kenny Omega did that to him at, the, at Wrestle Kingdom. That's where the move Oh, came you think from. he took it from Omega? No, absolutely. I mean, you can watch it. They're showing him side by Omega, side. Is absolutely. Omega's that awkward looking? No. <laughs> it, not at all. It's Kenny Omega's. No way, Kenny you're much better about when Omega... He did it at Wrestle Kingdom. It wasn't like it's not one of his everyday things. It was one that he did to kind of reverse the Rainmaker. Yeah, he reversed the Rainmaker. At, he at was Kingdom sort of taunting Okada by doing the Rainmaker setup using right. his, it, his right, flying. Right, right. I, I got you. So Seth Rollins decided, right. well, that's kind of cool. I'm going to use it without the context of why. Okada, I'm not Omega watching the video it. you're watching, but Rollins. It seems like he he ends up on the wrong side of his body when he's doing. Did Omega end up on the wrong side of his? Um. Yeah, yeah, kind of the same. Okay. It just doesn't look smooth because Seth Rollins is not very smooth in the ring. Well, at any rate, he'll be taking on Samoa Joe, who uh, is still running around in a suit and tie and representing uh, the, the the king. So uh, we'll see where things go from here. Um, I, I don't know. I've got this at about a six. Uh, their feud hasn't really pushed my buttons. Yeah. I went back and watched a lot of the stuff too, because I'm thinking on the context of, uh, and I saw this match and I'm like, oh, cool, Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins. Like, I should be way into this. I should be watching the videos, watching a little bit of the background. I, I don't know. Why? It's it's not doing much for me. And it really, it probably should because the match sounds good on paper, but I'm really cold on Seth Rollins right now in general. I just don't really like his character. I don't really know where he's going. And, and anything that has to do with somebody being a proxy for Triple H, I'm kind of over with, you know, six years ago. Yeah. So. Sorry, Samoa <laughs> Joe, who, who I love, and Samoa Joe's great, but yeah, I, I just can't get into uh, Triple H proxy characters anymore. What do we got left? We got It's Bailey defending the WWE yeah. in her hometown, Raw baby. Women's title. So now we get. So now we get when she loses, everybody gets really mad about losing in her hometown or something. So be, and she's taking on a little Alexa Bliss. Um, so yes, it's It's Bailey and little Alexa Bliss. That's what I'm going with here. <laughs> Look, I'm just happy Bailey's taking on a fresh opponent. I cannot do any more combinations of Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Nia Jack. I'm just happy it's someone new. I think that the uh, shakeup gimmick uh, did more for the women necessarily than it did for the men. I think Charlotte got a new fresh coat of paint going over to the other show, and she can do some new things. So looking forward to this. I want to see – I listen, a lot of people love the Alexa Bliss. They love her. And I think, look, there's a lot of things that she does well. I think she's a tremendous personality. She's a tremendous promo. She's a tremendous heel. But I have seen Alexa Bliss choke in the big match, in the big pay-per-view match many times. I don't think she's the caliber yeah. of worker that people think she is. I think she has a ton of potential. I've seen her do good things. I've seen her have train wreck matches on pay-per-view. Uh, you know, a Becky Lynch match comes to mind, that tables match. Um, there was a... Um, not the one at WrestleMania, but there was another multi-person match that I did not think was good that she was involved in, and she had a lot to do with why it wasn't good. But there's a lot there to like, too. I think she's a classic case of someone who probably was called up a little early. From- oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, she's been wrestling for five years now. Hasn't point. even like, been five? I mean, yeah. Uh, she that started in 2013 result. with NXT. So, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it wasn't really until – I mean, that, she really ramped up. Uh, when did she hit TV doing the dancing she... sprite gimmick? When was that? Like 15? That was that was 2013. It if really I remember was that correctly, long ago maybe I, I I'd have to see uh, for sure. Listen, if it was I gotta that, consult but, the old uh, cage match because I'm not buying it. Let me let me 
Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was around there. I think we're just getting old. And then I think she she got hurt and then she came back. But I don't know if she was doing the dancing thing in that first run or if she did the dancing thing when she came back. Because I know she got hurt and then I think it was like because that wasn't that long ago when she came back. No, no, no. Okay, from her injury, right, that I, was I, like you stole sufficiently. Years. I got it. Um, she just did house shows in thirteen. Let's okay. see, fourteen. She just did house shows. No, oh, no, wait, hold on. 14 is when she hit TV. But okay. here's what I'm not positive about. She may have just been like, you know, sometimes they'll put you on TV before you have. Yeah, you're just like some random, per- but not like the full on gimmick now with she, the, you know, the the skirt right. and the music and the. <laughs> she, was, she was in the women's and title the, tournament. She beat Alexa, glitter, Fo- yeah. Alicia, uh, ugh, Alicia Fox in the first round and then lost to Charlotte in the semis. But Alicia then Fox. she wasn't on TV like forever. She did it. Yeah, she, she got did hurt. a two-minute job to Sasha Banks, and then a three-minute job to Bailey. So I guess she was like a TV jobber for a little while. Um, I, another two-minute job to Sasha Banks, and so let's see, 2015. Okay, yeah, by 2015, she was like a full timer on NXT television. So. So, okay. okay, so not five years, closer to three or four years. Like, I'm, I'm still a little surprised, but I guess she's been a full-time television personality for, I, I don't know, about a year and a half or two years, right? So it's only, we're only in April of 2017. Yeah, so and I think that's kind of what we're trying to say is that, yeah, she has all the potential in the world, but, I mean, Jesus, she's barely been, she's 25 years old and has been wrestling for, you know, only a handful of years. So, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of potential there, but, yeah, I don't know if she's quite, fully refined yeah which isn't necessarily her fault i think she's making she's i think she's maximizing all that she has right now which is to her credit i mean she's doing better than i ever thought she would do but she's absolutely somebody who who, who still doesn't have not it in all the together belt, yeah and that's belt, again belt. not her fault that's, yeah no 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 yeah but character wise she's, she's got great. yeah great this is why i say if this yeah, were yeah. another era and and people on twitter of course believe it or not rich they misconstrued my point um i said that if hmm. this were another era she would no doubt be a manager and a very good one um, because she would be. I oh, remember the Blake and Murphy. Stuff? Yeah, awesome. especially yeah. When... that's what she got. Absolutely, she that got. was the Great start too. of it. And and I think in another era, like if this is the '80s, she'd be a, a manager or a valet, whatever you want to call it, and she'd be tremendous at it because they would see her as someone who, all right, well, she she's not up to snuff in the ring, but we have to have this person on TV because she's gonna get people over. Um, but you know th- this, it's we're in a different time now. And and look, it's not to say, look, I don't think all her matches are terrible. And I think there's some tools there. All I'm saying is I've seen her have do some bad stuff in a big spot. So I'm curious here. She's got a good opponent to work with. And I think that this could be a good match. I'm hoping it's a good match. I hope every match is a good match, but I'm hoping this is a good match. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Bailey and Charlotte uh, will have some good chemistry. Uh, we will find out. I would put, man, we, I think we should retire the one, the 10 gimmick. Cause we forget to do it half. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, no, I, I it's think time I to retire no, it. We'll, we'll retire it on this. It's Bailey little Alexa bliss match. I am going to go uh, seven. I, I am interested. And oh, yeah, I'm wow. looking forward to It's Bailey and little Alexa Bliss. What do you got, Rich? Uh, I'm going to go with six on this one, so I'm not too far off there. No, I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be a really hot crowd, too, with Bailey being you know from San Jose, so I think the crowd's going to be behind her. And I, and I like the dynamic of these two, and I think they're they're a great matchup with one another. So 
I, you know, while Alexa Bliss can lay an egg in a big time match, I don't think this is going to be one of those times. I don't think Bailey is going to really allow it. Uh, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know. It has the potential to be that, but I, I feel like it's going to be a pretty good match. Uh, and I think it's going to get a lot of time and, and, and the crowd will be hot. So I, I'm definitely looking forward. I think it's, I think when it's all said and done, it's going to end up being one of the Have they ever wrestled the each show. other? Like on TV? Well, are you I on the cage match still? Now. Uh, yes, Bailey defeated okay, Alexa perfect. Bliss. Uh, last year, last June. I don't remember. Yeah, they went about eight and a half minutes. So they had a very pretty high profile NXT match last June, June 24th, uh, NXT 203. So there you go. That appears to be the only television match. They had a ton of house. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, house of house shows. Matches. Yeah, Jesus. I'm going through I'm going through it now. So so they're familiar with one another too. So that that is probably going to Yeah, I'm a little more it. confident because they've wrestled a billion times. Yeah, that's a lot they, of house shows. They've had they've been yeah. in a ring together 59 times going all the way back to 2013. So Look at that match. <laughs> Bailey, Kendall, Sky, and Paige defeat Alexa Bliss, Emma, and Rich, Sasha Rich, I have Banks. no idea who Kendall Sky is. <laughs> I don't either. That's... I don't know. She's got a background in kickboxing. Who is Kendall? Yeah, I'm clicking through, too. I don't Nothing know anything about, about Kendall Sky. We got it. We got it. We got I was it. looking up. ask the bad boy, Casey Michael. He'll know everything about Kendall Yeah, Sky. he'll know about Kendall Sky. I'm looking at a... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't remember Kendall she Sky at all. Yeah. No, pass. she did not. Yeah, looks like she's doing a lot of her ring announcing in every image that I've seen. So I probably usually when you have a cage match page, but then every image I look is you doing ring announcing is probably probably not great. So, um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of you know long NXT ten years, did you see I, I put out those tweets earlier about Angelo Dawkins who like he's got a new gimmick on NXT and doing stuff. Did you have you seen how long Angelo Dawkins Angelo has been Dawkins in NXT? Angelo Dawkins is the new Ty Dillinger slash um the one, <laughs> who's the who. Slate Randall, that, right? No, he lasted a very short period of time. Oh, Steve, are you talking Steve no, Cutler? No, no, Steve um, Cutler? Um, Steve Cutler has legitimately Ty been there Dillon, for like 10 years. Ty that man was on WWE CW, okay? As, as Sean Spears or Gavin <laughs> Spears or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, and Spears, then the other yeah. one is Connor, who's been in and out of the system since like 2005. Oh, yeah. Connor's like mid-South wrestling. And the other guy was <laughs> Sandow. He's been there since yeah, Kenny Omega. Yeah, and then, and there, then so. Sandow was the other guy who's the king of that because he was around. Remember, he was in the tag team that was managed by uh, uh, by Undertaker's wife. What the hell's her name? But remember when McCool was a manager, and it was yeah. who was it? It was Sandow and um, ah, who was his partner? What was that awful tag team he was in? It was a SmackDown team. <laughs> There's only one awful tag team that Damian Sandow was I, in. One specifically that I'm, that I'm talking about here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I, ah, man, I don't, I mean, this is, are we going back to OVW? He was Aaron, Ste- he was Aaron Stevens at that, at this point in time. No, it was on SmackDown. Okay. You don't remember this team? He, yeah, he, he was managed by no. Michelle McCool. Hold on. I, oh no, it was like the, oh God, what was their name? I know yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. He was, he teamed with, uh, Casey James, right? It was, uh, yeah, Idol Stevens and Casey James. I think they were Idol Stevens and Casey James. Oh, was that it? Okay, well, Michelle McCool, and they had like a one-month SmackDown run, I think, or something like that. It was probably longer than a month, but uh, and a, a No Mercy 2006 tag team titles: Kendrick and London defeat Idol Stevens and Casey James on pay per view. No Mercy 2006, but yes, Jinder Mahal can't get a title shot because it completely. This is what I'm saying. Like people don't realize that Sandow <laughs> was around for a solid decade. I mean, at least he was around forever because. Well, he was OVW back in. Yeah, I was going back. I mean, this is what, 2003? I see him in dark matches in WWE. 
And then, yeah, he's in OVW by, yeah, late to, uh, mid-2003. He's already in OVW. 2003. 2003. 2003. And, and he didn't leave the company. He didn't get fired. He was, you know, and I think he may have left the company for like a year somewhere in there. But for better, he was with the company for 13 years. 13 years. And to circle back, uh, Gavin Spears slash working on ECW, Casey James Rich was an ECW guy as Curtis. He was an ECW television jobber. He was on the show pretty much every week for a couple months straight. And a lot of people didn't realize was the same guy who was on SmackDown, you know, a year earlier or whatever. So some of these guys just hang around forever. Angelo, Angelo yeah. Dawkins is another one. I mean, do you have the dates in front of you, Dawkins? Uh, the day here. So his, his first NXT house show match was December 2012. 2012. <laughs> and then uh, th- this is the best. And I tweeted this out too. I'm not sure if you saw this. His second ever NXT match was a house show match in Jan- January 3rd, 2013. Here are the participants in this match. It was a mixed tag match, by the way. Anya and Yoshitatsu defeat Angelo Dawkins and wow. Charlotte. What a match. Like, when you're second, I don't know why you like. That's, I hope somebody's, there's got to be a fan cam of that. That is the new, I got to see that match. I got to see Anya and Yoshitatsu versus Angelo Dawkins and Charlotte. Who the fuck is Anya? <laughs> I have no clue who Anya is. We didn't get Casey. We need to have him just like on the horn. We should. Any given. We should just. She is the Russian bruiser, Anya. Okay. If you say so. I don't remember Anya at all. Anya has four, five total matches. Yes. And that, in, was uh, her, that was her and final was match. That, that was it. That was, it that for was the Anya. end of Anya. Yeah. Let's see, Anya. I'm interested in this Anya figure. It's now. funny because people like Anya. When they get cut, they're just gone. They just, you never hear from them again. They don't move on. They don't do indies. They go back to whatever it is Anya was doing before uh, they signed her up. Maybe some kind of modeling or something. I I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at Anya right now. I, I don't know if Anya is going to do much modeling. Ooh, so Rich still with you. No, I mean, she's, no, no, well, I mean, she's, she's fine. She's, but I, Anya's you know, like... a dog, then just say it. It's all right. Can't well, be not my type, but some right? people could. If you look up on you, I, look up right, on you and see it. Like not my type, but I could absolutely see a number of men Let's look up that Anya would enjoy WWE Anya. Here. I'm, look I'm up Anya NXT. She has photos. I, I don't know. She's a short brunette, curvy. Uh she's not short. Keep oh, going. Oh no, on she's really tall. She's huge. Yeah, the, there's a picture with her again. Her next to Charlotte, and she's like. Five feet, uh, yeah, or five a, inches, not a, five feet. A... <laughs> and there's one picture where they crop Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks' top of her head goes to like Anya's like mid nipple. So it's yeah, it's. Was this one of Anya's CM Punk's um, conquests? Because no, no, no. <laughs> I, there's a reason I'm saying that because I'm clicking these links, I, I and there's like know. a Portuguese website where there's a picture of Anya, and then it's like CM Punk, blah 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 blah. CM Punk, blah 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 oh. blah. <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk, blah, 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 blah. So what's her connection to CM Punk? I just oh, assume I it's a yeah, conquest because, you know. He... Well, no doubt. Yeah, he, he, he's. Anya a is enormous. Anya's <laughs> big. Yeah, I kind of wish Anya I mean, made it. Sasha I like this Banks Anya. Sasha Banks only comes yeah. up to, like, her tits. I said yeah. her nipples. Yeah, that's what I said, like, mid-nipples. Oh, my God. What? So some she people might like Anya. She must have been atrocious because with that kind of size, and she's not ugly. I wouldn't call her a 
No, no, no. And I was never I saying that either. It's not my queen, type. But I wouldn't call her ugly. And with that kind of size. I am not seeing any uh, pictures of Anya in the ring, though. So that's, uh, that's unfortunate. But I do have a picture of Anya with NBA star LeBron James, though. That's uh, he nice. only comes up to her tits. He's not that he's not that much taller than yeah, her. Yeah, this girl's a monster. Go go a little bit. You'll go it may be like six images down. Apparently she boxes she or does my tie or something like that now. Fighter and, uh, or Muay Thai, yeah, there so, you go. Okay, nice. I said my tie. Why did I say my tie? Because you're completely <laughs> oblivious when it comes to the world of fighting. You're just not a fan. It's true. But but how she's not did you I get to that LeBron really picture look- yet? Like LeBron's definitely drunk, uh, yeah, which NXT. is pretty fun. But um uh, uh, you could probably just put Anya NXT LeBron James. I imagine that's going to come up pretty uh, pretty easily here. Maybe Florida. she's a LeBron James conquest. He's married <laughs> with kids. I don't know. Right? Well, you know, that doesn't stop any NBA players. So. <laughs> yeah, that's really not stopping <laughs> They've all got the side. Except for Doug Christie. His wife would travel with him and make sure that he wasn't. Remember that? <laughs> they, they, they were. Yeah. I think they either did a reality show or were considering one because his wife would come with him on the road to make sure that he wasn't, you know, if you have to travel with your man to make sure that he's not banging everybody, I don't know what kind of marriage you then, Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have married. Yeah, maybe marrying. Or, you know, I mean, I'm not best. saying that, like, every athlete is unfaithful. A lot of them have, you know, deals with their wives and stuff. And But, I mean, if you can't trust your man to the point where you have to travel with him, I mean, maybe you need a new man. Um, that's my feminism point for the day, Rich. How do you like that? I, I don't know. I don't see the picture, but... Um, Hold on a minute. Listen, I'm not a Google master. What do you want? All right, I type in. But I'm sure, like, LeBron James is a massive man, and he's, like, not that much taller than I put in Anya LeBron NXT, and it was the very first picture. So, all right. She comes up to his chin. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. LeBron's the classic hold up the fist pose that you have to do if you're a wrestler, or really if you're anyone. I mean, you know. Like, LeBron seems generally happy to be. He does. How does he know who she is? Is he a. Is he a closet fan? I don't know. We got to find. Is he a listener? Maybe. Is he going to be mad? Maybe he's a big Wutai fan. Maybe uh, LeBron's. Who's the NBA player the, uh... that listens? I don't know that we have an NBA. Do we have an Ronnie NBA player Cycli? that listens? I don't. Whoever told you Ronnie Cycli? I, I, heard, things. I heard things. I heard things. I heard Ronnie Cycli. <laughs> Ronnie Cycli? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> DJ Ronnie Cycli has Ronnie no time Cycli's to be listening listen. to this show. Why would I pull? Po- how no could way. I possibly? Because we talked about Ronnie Cycli. Like he hasn't played the NBA reason. in like fifteen years. Why? How would I pull that no, up? you and I talked about Ronnie Cycli off air. Not that long. I don't remember. Ago. I don't know why. But we talked about. We did. I, I promise we did. Ronnie Cycli. Why saying, would you listen I to this show? This... from who? No, I, you got to tell me who. Send you the email. But I'm saying he's. I think Ronnie Cycli's a listener. I really do. I think. <laughs> I know he's a busy man, and he's you know. He's isn't he like he's like a DJ and he's married yes. to a model. You think he's and got he has time it, to and listen? He lives to... in like uh, the south of France or something, or he's got like a villa, on the beach. But he's <laughs> right. very successful. You think he's oh, hold on, hold on? I gotta listen to this. <laughs> These guys are gonna talk about Okada all versus Pedro Fale. I, I gotta listen to this. That's all I'm saying. I heard he listens to the show. Ronnie Cycli. <laughs> I don't know why is it so ridiculous. I mean. Well, why? There's no way okay, Ronnie Cycli. Why of all players would I just pull that out of my ass? It's I because I don't know you and I talked about Ronnie Cycli. When have we ever talked about Ronnie Cycli? Not that long. We I swear to God, we he retired before Case Low was born. How would we ever? That is true. That did happen. Yeah. Is it actually accurate? Like, yeah, when did Ronnie Cycli retire? Terrifying. 
because Case Law was born in 2006. Uh, so that is... No, that's not true. Though. Wasn't, wasn't he born in the 2000s? Oh god, yeah, Ronnie Sector retired in 1999. So yeah, I believe, I believe. Well, no, Case isn't a two. Like, he's got to be like a 19 because right? he's, he's graduated high school now. So yeah, he, he could just have been 18, played so. right. That's it's possible. It's possible he never saw as a living person. Well, again, no, he Ronnie definitely Sykes, never saw so. Ronnie Sykes play. But Sykes might have been. Well, maybe his his father sat him in front of the TV and said, "This is New Jersey Nets superstar Ronnie Sykes." So you uh, you sit down and you watch this young Case. You don't know Case, what this is right now, but. Case was born in 99, so it's possible he was born after Ronnie Cycli retired. But I think possibly, Ronnie, I yeah. think he listens to the show. Listen, I'm not. We'll, we'll... You got to drop the DM or whatever to tell me where you've heard this. Because you don't have any. No, I do, you're Rich. Just... And I think this is why you think we talked about him, because we talked about this. Because remember, I got an email from Ronnie Cycli, and I was like, Rich, Ronnie Cycli <laughs> listens to the show because he, he was like, he took he, – he, 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 there was a point of contention. Like, he didn't like a point that we made. Remember? Like, he was <laughs> – It was a dream. No, I and I sent it email. to you, you and you had some kind of ex- – I was like, Rich, did you know Ronnie Cycli listens to the show? And you were like, that's not possible. He, we, you, we basically had this conversation, but, like, via, like, text or whatever. You're like, he's a DJ. He has a model wife. He lives in the south of France. I'm like, but I'm telling you, and I sent you the email. You don't remember any of this? All right, I'll send it to you again because all, I yeah. kept it. Because Ronnie Cycli, okay. he took, he didn't like some point we made about Hiroki Goto or something, and he sent us an email. What? I'm telling oh. you. No, that was just a guy whose email address nah, is Ronnie Cycli. I don't know. That's why I, I said that. There was no way that was the actual Ronnie Cycli being like, I don't know about this Goto. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> why would somebody cosplay Ronnie Cycli in an email address? He's a, he's a big guy. He's a big-time DJ. Like eighty percent of the people listening right now have no idea who Ronnie Cycle is. Oh, Ronnie Cycle is like a cult figure, though. No, NBA like deep-cut no, NBA fans listen, like Ronnie Cycle. The NBA fans listening are are they know Ronnie Cycle? But I'm te- but the non-NBA fans. I'm now remembering this now, and I remember you me telling you, Joe, that's not the no, real Ronnie Cycle. It can't be. Ron- you have got. But here's the thing. You got emails from Ronnie Cycli before for for your basketball game. I'm telling you, Ronnie Cycli listens to the flagship. I'm convinced. It's a big Did you okay. cut down this Dollar Shave Club Adam? This is this the read? Okay. This is the read. Uh, let me tell you, Rich, about Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice. Get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. Quit wasting time going to the store and buying a cheap disposable razor that give you an equally cheap shave or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech that you didn't need. That was a very awkward sentence. Is that what the read said? I think you, 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 you botched the, uh, the, the form here. What happened here? I read that word for word. All right. Make the smarter choice with Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> it was bullet points that I made into Throw a sentence. Many. It works. It tells everybody. It tells the You're people. You're really hanging know, me right? out to dry with the ad reads tonight. I got to tell you. For a limited time, new members get their first. Well, that's, this is the last time I ever prepared. The, it's all on I, you. Oh, don't out, get so. cranky. For a limited time, you know, yeah. Dr. Rich, Dollar Shave Club <laughs> is going to hear this. Can you please show some decorum? Uh, for a limited time, mm-hmm. new members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Shaver's, Dr. Carver's shave butter for only. Okay, we're doing this ad read over. And I'm going to tell you something. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. We're not giving them the timestamp for this botched read. We're going to start this over. We're going to get organized here. 
What I'm actually going to do, Joe, is edit no, this. No, no, no. You got to leave this in. Okay? Just don't okay. give him this timestamp. But this is a very hard co- – this copy is very difficult for me to read. It could be because I'm having a, a Ronnie Cycli fever dream. That's entirely possible. Which so you often do, apparently. You take that, the Dollar yeah. Shave Club, and then I'll take the okay. Blue Apron later on. So I, I'm just – I, I got to – I'm muting, and I'm getting the hell out of here. Because this was a – for whatever reason, I can't do this read. Go ahead. That's fine. Dollar Shave Club Joe is the smarter choice. You can get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered to right to your door. Quit wasting time going to the store and buying cheap disposable razors that give you an equally cheap shave. Don't spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech that you don't need. Make the smarter choice with Dollar Shave Club for a limited time. New members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver shave butter for only $5 with free shipping after that razor, just a few bucks per month, no hidden fees, no commitments, cancel anytime you would like. Join the club today at dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. That's once again, dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. Get the first month of the executive razor and the tube of the Dr. Carver's shave butter for only five bucks plus free shipping, dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. That was an excellent voices. ad read, Rich. That was tremendous. Thank you. Um, All Japan Carnival Tournament. Did you watch the big night one? You found I did the watch the night one. Coming back. I made sure. Yeah, there were a lot of things that like I, I asked people, what should I watch? What should I do? And I kept hearing this match and everybody kept saying, Carnival night one, Carnival night one, Carnival night one. I said, ah, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I'm glad I did. That was awesome. There was a lot of really good stuff on this show. Did you watch the uh, geek tags or did you just jump right into the carnival action? Oh, I so quickly skipped the geek tags. I think uh, I, Hiroki Soto got, came out and I said, okay, nope, and moved on. And then I forgot who was in the next. Oh, Dory Funk like actually came out. That's So So my scroll bar went past you know Sato and got to the second match. And then I saw Dory Funk enter the ring and I went, yeah, I, I think I'm good here. And then I just went right to the, the, the yeah, I mean, so, the first yeah. tag wasn't really a geek tag. There was a bunch, it was, you know, a bunch of juniors and, you know, the juniors have nothing to do on this tour, but the second Matt Dory Funk Jr. Look, Dory Funk Jr. Stunk in 1968. I certainly don't want to watch him in 2017. <laughs> I mean, even when that guy was at the peak of his stardom, he was an enormous star and all this. He still stunk. He's one of the driest wrestlers you could ever watch. He's incredibly boring. And now he's 175 years old, and it's just I can't I can't do it. I... Is it bad that that when so as I saw him get in the ring and as I saw him do his announcement uh, at the beginning of the show, the only thing I was thinking because it was immediately after it was that day after I had gotten off that flight to Italy, so it was like a 10 hour flight or whatever. The only thing I could get out of my mind is how in the how in the fuck does Dory Funk get to the airport, get on a plane, and fly all the way to Japan to do all these like. All, like read a piece of paper at all Japan. You got some bounce. respect for these guys that hop on the plane and fly to Japan now, don't you? It's yeah. particularly Dory Funk, who's like, like, like I was sore, I was sick, I felt horrible, I didn't sleep. Like it was long lines at the airport, I was annoyed or whatever. How the fuck does Dory Funk go? Yeah, you know what? I do want to take like an eighteen-hour yeah, flight ta- to Japan. <laughs> like, and he's fucking ninety-seven years another old. Another eight like. hours onto that flight, you know? It's it's yeah, it's, right. And, like, I'm sure they don't pick him up in Amarillo. Like, I don't know where Dory Funk has to go to pick up a plane, but, like, I'm sure they don't pull up to his front stoop and, and pick him up. Like, we're, I, we're, you, you're big in the Amarillo territory. Where's the I nearest airport? I am not big in, in the Amarillo territory. Amarillo, and we've had this conversation a million times. I would have to fly to Amarillo, okay? Texas is a very large state. I'm you're like nowhere eight near hours Amarillo, away from and neither is Dory. Dory is in Ocala. He's in Ocala, oh, Florida, where he has the Funkin' Dory Dojo or whatever. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's right. So he's even farther away. What so, I mean, you know, and, and and he one of his houseboys came on the tour with him, this Dalton Drellich, who worked that match, 
which is why I tried to watch the match because I wanted to take a look at uh, this Drellich character. But uh, he didn't do much to impress me, so I you know, quickly got out of that. And I got right into the, the hot carnival action, Rich. This was – some people are calling this a show of the year contender. I think that's a little – yeah. That's but it was strong. a yeah. – look, very good show. Um, all six of the carnival matches were – you know, the, the floor here was good. I mean, they were all good. And I thought that the show had – Nice escalation from match to match because the better stuff was stacked towards the back end. Um, let, uh, let's blow through some of the early ones first, and then we'll talk a little more in depth. We had Daishi Hashimoto losing uh, to uh, – no, I'm sorry. He defeated uh, Naoya Nomura. Um, what would they go, about five minutes? I'm not looking. Yeah, a little over five. Yeah, not, nothing like spectacular. But, but Listen, I thought it was the perfect opener. You know, I, I, I thought they worked at a good pace. The thing about Daishi Hashimoto is I always defend this guy because I was impressed with him in his rookie year. And I really thought, you know, um, based on, of course, you know, who his father is and, and the fact that I thought that he had an excellent rookie year. And I thought that one day he'd be a star and, and, and it just hasn't happened for him. But I've always held out hope and I've always defended him. I think I'm kind of giving up. And and it's and, and and that really not because of this match, but I, you know, how often do we get to talk about all Japan or Daishi Hashimoto? So I figured I'd bring it up now. Um, I don't know. I just I don't I don't think he's ever going to get to where people thought he was going to get. Um, our good friend Alan Cunahan has always been on that side of the argument and has always sort of debated me on this. He's he he just doesn't see what. Uh, what I saw in the guy, and I'm kind of starting to fall on that side of the argument. I just I think. Well, and there's a lot of people that really like him, too, and really rally behind him, which is fair. I get why people would want to do that, because it seems like he's got the pedigree to, to do it. But, yeah, he's just it's just kind of like, right? I mean, he always kind of looks, yeah, he's, and I was, his look always gets me. He just kind of looks like a frumpy dude. And I understand that that's his dad and that, but his dad was able to make it really look like thing, though, something. You know what I mean? His like, dad had loads of charisma. Exactly. You can't be a frumpy guy and also just kind of be there. You, you know what I mean? And that's that's what Daishi is. He just kind of like comes out and he just kind of looks like a guy and just kind of, you know, there's nothing that jumps out at you and goes, oh my God. Like Shinya was like, oh my God, that guy who, who nobody gave a shit what shape he was in because the guy was just so charismatic. And honestly, and he was just his, so good. His size, that, yeah. he worked to, to his size. I mean, I, exactly. Right. We're, Actually, it's just kind of like a kind of a smallish dude with pudgy belly that doesn't really like do I, anything. I, I, <laughs> so. I, 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 and I'm not, I'm not a body guy. It's just like sometimes it it, it looks like That's effort-wise. It. And you Here's see it in his, his ring work as well. There's just like put a little bit Here's of effort into fire. what you're doing, man. I'm like fire out of this kid. Yeah, because yeah, you'd think his father would teach him a little thing about fire because that guy knew Absolutely. Fire There's was. just no fire in this guy. But look, it doesn't mean I think he stinks. I, I'm still on Team Daishi to an extent. I just – I'm giving up the ghost. And I still say – what would have happened if he didn't break his arm before that one wrestle? Remember that Wrestle Kingdom where he was supposed to team with Muda? Do you remember that? Uh, no, no, no. Maybe it was with Yano. No, no, I, I do, forget what yeah. the exact matchup was, but he was scheduled for a tag match at a Wrestle Kingdom, I think, in 2012 or 13. And he broke his arm before the match and pulled off, and New Japan never went back to it. And I always wonder what could have been if he didn't break his arm and he actually worked that match. You know, you never know, right? But, um, you know, now he's – we know where he is, uh, you know, where he's gone since not working that match, and it's just his career is kind of in quicksand. Um, the bodyguard, Rich, took on Kengo Mishimo. Listen, it's a bodyguard match, so you always have to be a little worried. 
the bodyguard was your winner here. Again, I thought this was uh, a very good match for its spot on the card. Kengo Mishimo is a guy I could take or leave. I'm, a, you know, and the bodyguard's a guy who, you know, sometimes has to be carried. But this was a good match. I enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, and that's gonna be a theme uh, with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. I mean, lengthwise, everything in this everything on this carnival section of the show was like perfect. Like this was like a little under eight minutes, which was fine. It never felt too long. It never felt like it out uh, overstayed its welcome or whatever. And yeah, I, I agree. It was it was perfectly fine. But yeah, I mean, like we're talking about a few of these matches here that were just fine. That's why I kind of don't think it's a show of the year contender because like if it's a show of the year, every, almost like we gotta say like all this stuff is really great or whatever for it to really be in my mind a show of the year contender. But both these things really fit themselves very well. I mean, if you want to talk about like one of the easiest shows to watch all year yeah it was just a nice easy breezy you know type of uh of show but yeah I and mean, this i thought fit well for its spot too so i yeah. i enjoyed this and one. then we had zeus against kai now i know you oh, want to talk this about this because my favorite kai match ever i don't know why it just it got me i don't know if well it's, the it's thing about it is in all japan he's not doing the goofy thing with the jeans and the jumping jacks he's sort of the kai that he tried to for a sec when he came out, like he tried to jump and then like thought about it, which is the funniest thing too. You could see he was just like, ah, nah, nah, I don't do that here. Like it was kind of interesting to see him be like, I, I think he was kind of unsure what he should do. And because like he comes out to the ring, you see if, if anybody goes back and watches this, that, I mean, I don't, no one's going to do it, but he comes down the ramp and he's about to do something. And then he kind of like walks back a few steps and then just like walks into the ring. Cause he's like, I didn't I, notice I that myself, do, so. but, um, but actually people should go back this, these six match. I mean, you can blow off the tags, but these six matches are well, every single one of them is worth your time. This was a good kickoff to the tournament. And what do you got? I mean, you basically just have to devote, what, an hour? Yeah, about I mean, 90 minutes or so. A little over an hour, maybe? I mean, it's a, the, yeah. the entire show is like two hours. So if you skip the tags, it's like 90 minutes. But um, what I liked about the first half, these first three matches, and really I, that goes for all of them, actually, is um, and I haven't seen any other night. I know like the first five nights are up. This is the only night that I've watched. But at least on this on this show, it seems like in these carnival matches, the wrestlers go out there and they work with a purpose to go out there and pick up quick wins. These feel like sprints. And it's not. Particularly night yeah. one, which is really cool. That I love tournaments that are that way, where it's like, hey, I don't need to go out there and have a 45-minute match or whatever, because that's that's going to kill me for the rest of this tournament. Let's go in here and get and in and out of here. And they're not necessarily can, working towards their finishers. You know, they're just working towards winning. and And that's a a little bit of a different feel than, than, than what you get in say a G one where guys are always working towards their finisher. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of a different feel, but Zeus and Kai, uh, the, the one thing here, um, Kai won this match, but what's interesting, I think, think is Zeus was eliminated very quickly from this tournament. It got to the point where he was mathematically eliminated about halfway through. I'm a little surprised by that. I thought Zeus would be a guy. Now, look, he was in a stack block with, with Miyahara and Sakamoto. But I thought that Zeus would be a guy that they would keep in the mix until a little bit later into the tournament. But he was eliminated fairly quickly. Does that surprise you at all? Because if you look at the current standings, Kai not only has the head-to-head win, but is ahead of him in the standings as well and still in the mix. And Zeus is eliminated. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of odd because they, they were, you know, getting on a little bit more of a Zeus train o- over the last, you, you know, months and, and years or yeah, the last, you know, what, six, seven months or so, you could say, uh, really. So, yeah, I was a little surprised that, too, because like you said, the rest of his block's not really loaded with guys. I mean, there's, you know, two other guys that, that really look like they're going to be the favorites. And, and of course, going in, we knew where they were going to be the favorites. But you kind of thought Zeus would be that third guy that, that could have a, a, I thought, a chance I thought at Zeus it. Zeus yeah, had a yeah. reasonable chance to win the block. Like. Yeah, I remember us talking about that, and I think you you, you said you. I, I think I picked me a hard to win the block, if I remember I correctly. Remember, yeah. Going back to what we were talking about, 
I don't remember exactly, but I remember you being pretty strong on the, mo- uh, on the Zeus. The- I almost said Moose. <laughs> strong on the Zeus, which was not irrational at the time because Zeus, w- they were all about him for a while. But yeah, it's kind of reason- to see him uh, and the other as far reason back was, as he is. Sakamoto yeah. had the big run in the tournament last year, and I didn't think they would do it again. So I figured Zeus would be right, right. And- him or Miyahara would win the block. And we'll go over the current standings when we're done talking about night one as well. So we can kind of let everybody clue everybody into what's going on right now as we're kind of catching so up. This was your favorite match to this point. I'm going to assume uh, at this point in the show. I yeah. Yeah. No, I just, uh, I, I liked, there was a lot of fire that these guys, like you said, they worked quick. So it wasn't something where they got in the ring and they just kind of jacked around for a few minutes. Like this was right away. Guys were like attacking guys on the outside. You know, they kind of brawled out to the ring, which ideally, you know, if, you, if you're in a quick match where you're trying to, you know, win quickly, you wouldn't go outside the ring and go in the crowd or whatever. But other this worked because it never felt like they were going in the crowd just to go in the crowd. It felt like Zeus wanted to just take out Kai as quickly as possible that he could get the win or whatever. And it always felt that that entire match, even it went a little bit under 10 minutes, but it felt like at no point were they slowing down. That, that's something that always gets me about Kai matches. They just get like this like mundane slow lowness to them and it's just like okay because he's not that good at that sort of stuff and i know a lot of people like kai but when he's like in control i just never really it, it bores me to tears or whatever whereas this like it felt kind of like a, a, a kind of more brawly and 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 he's done a little bit more of that in recent years but i thought zeus was a perfect compliment to that too because these guys just felt like in 10 minutes we we're gonna have a like a, a sprint brawl type match which which really worked for both these styles and when it was all said and done i went geez that was really fucking awesome and and kai gets the win and he looked great doing it because he survived zeus who really was, was was on him every moment of the match as well. So, yeah, I, I really like Kai is tied at the hip forever to Sonata. They were peers. Um, they broke in together along with um, um, Hiroshi Yamato. I think he was in their class. Those guys will always be tied at the hip. I always preferred Sonata. But I did, I, you know, but I liked Kai. It was that Wrestle 1 run that really killed Kai for me. I, I just, you know, that it, where he was a, a terrible champion. Um, and then the, you know, he reinvented himself with the jumping jacks and, you know, I understand that, you know, the, the, that live fans enjoy that act, but I thought it was cringe. I, this is where he belongs. He belongs in all Japan. I know it's a different all Japan than the one he broke in with, but he belongs here. Uh, to me, this is his home to me. He could watch the stink of wrestle one off of him. And, and it looks as though when he first came back, he took a lot of stiff beatings in the ring. You know, I know you're not watching all these goofy house shows like I'm watching, but uh, they, they made him pay a price for coming back. I mean, he, he took some legit beatings and it, you know, I'm not sure if that era is, but they, they are, you know, he's getting a bit of a push in this tournament at least. So um, I was surprised at the result. I'm surprised Zeus wasn't a factor in the tournament. Now we get into the business end. Kento Miyahara and Jake Lee. I want to talk about this one a little bit because Jake Lee takes a lot of shit from a lot of people. And I totally understand where they're coming from. But Rich, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. I think he's 28 years old. He's six foot four. He goes about 250. He's got great size. Now, again, sort of like we talked about with Hashimoto, you like to see a little more fire out of Jake Lee, right? It's like, where's the fire? He kind of reminds me of a pre-Rainmaker Okada in a lot of ways. He kind of looks like him. Interesting. Yeah, he does look like him. him. He's a little, he's filled out a little more. Okay. He's a little heavier. I don't think Okada ever came in at around 250, but they're both tall. They have a, they look similar in the face. And Jake Lee sort of lacks that fire that Okada lacked before he became the Rainmaker. And sort of that, you know, he's sort of developed into uh, in recent years. And I think that's all that Jake Lee is missing. I just want to see more fire from him. I don't think he's a great worker right now by any means, but I do think he's a little better than people give him credit for. And I thought this was an excellent match. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. 
I think that Miyahara gave Jake Lee just enough, but not too much. I just I thought it was perfectly worked by Miyahara. Miyahara has really come into his own as an ace. Uh, the company is gaining momentum with him as champion. You can see the confidence in his work is coming uh, is coming out. And uh, I really enjoyed the hell out of this. And uh, it was nice to see Jake Lee getting some praise uh, from someone other than me because a, a lot of people enjoyed this match. And, um, you know, I thought this was the second or third best match on the show overall. Yeah, it was great. And, and Miyahara just continues to be awesome, too. Like, he, he's so good. And he's, he's just dominated that ace role too in all japan and he just he just fits it perfectly as well and the crowd really buys into him too and that's why i don't mind like that he's so dominant or whatever because i think he's just the best figure for that company right now and i think it's great to have him be the dominant champion and and we saw later in the in the show and and we're seeing later throughout the, the entire champion carnival or whatever of people kind of working their way now kento is this guy that's just above everybody else he's just a, a just a level above everybody else right now which is cool i like that now everyone's kind of fighting to try to get to him and and get to his level and i think it's awesome too and i think it was cool after this matches you know he, he wins and then says you know i'm gonna be the you know the first one in 16 years to win the carnival as the champion and i think i not that i i don't know that i would necessarily do that but if you want to do it now is the right time i think with kento because i think then you've really again yet established that this guy is just so dominant right now and so good and, and it's done well for all japan business too because the, you know the business is rallying around him a little bit as well so it's been really cool to see but yeah i like to lean in this match and i like mirror in this match too I, I, I definitely enjoyed it probably um probably my second favorite on the in, entire show um, no, you know what? Third, I'm gonna put third. I have a sleeper for my third, or my second, rather. Yeah, I think fun. that um, in the standings on the sheet, I think you're missing a couple guys because I don't see Joe Doring in the standings, and I don't see. Uh, so we may have to uh, recalibrate when we talk about the standings later. Because leading into Joe yeah, Doring, okay. of course, I want well, to talk about Joe Doring and Sakamoto. That was the next match. Because Joe Doring is a guy, I tell you, if anyone's going to beat Miyahara, I think it should be Joe Doring. Because I think... Yeah. God, how over was he on this night, man? People because he's fucking got a great him. story, which, again, I think is underplayed. I don't think yeah. enough people are talking about this. This man had brain surgery. This man had brain cancer. This man very well could no longer be with us. And not only is he alive and he's healthy, Rich, he's back in a wrestling ring and he hasn't missed a step. I mean, this guy looks great. And this match was something... He hasn't lost any size, too, which is something I worried about him is, is that he wouldn't be able to be, you know, because Joe Doring's not Joe Doring if he's not just a big, bulky, you know, monster of a guy. And, and he's right yeah, back there. Which and is I awesome. mean, you know, he could be one of these guys. I mean, we were harsh critics of him years ago, and he's really come into his own. And I see that you put on the notes here that he turned 35 years old um, uh, the, the, the day that this match took place against Sakamoto. He could be one of these guys who's one of those late bloomers. We talk about it all the time where the physical yeah. meets the mental and you become, you, you know, you peak in your mid to late 30s. And I really do think he's peaking right now. I thought he had a very good, I don't know whether it was 2014 or 15 when he lost the title to Goshi Ozaki in, in, in January. I think that might have been 15. Uh, so it's been a couple years now that he's really come around and, and developed into a, a really good worker. But I think he's peaking Oddly enough, I think he's peaking post this brains. I mean, he's connecting with crowds and his work is excellent. This was, I mean, I, I watched this unspoiled and, and he beat Daisuke Sekimoto in like six or seven minutes. And I wasn't expecting that, but this was just an all out fight, an all out sprint. And I love this match. I mean, this was just excellent stuff. And, you know, with a pretty shocking finish. And, uh, you know, I'm all aboard the Doring train. If anyone beats Miyahara, you know, obviously it's a fresh opponent because he's been injured a long time and all those sorts of things. I think, you know, 
maybe he's the guy who should finally unthrown Miyahara and then have Miyahara chase Joe Doring. Yeah, I could, I could do that. I think, uh, and if you watch on this night too, and I, I'm, I'm sure it's going on through the other ones too. I mean, just like the crowd connection is like anything else. Cause it's organic as well. The people know the story and they're not idiots and they know that he's come back from what he came back from. So, uh, it, it, even if he's like, you know, and he came out and he was, it, there wasn't anything different about what Joe Doring does. I mean, he attacks somebody as, you know, before the, the, the tournament even began, like, you know, as they were doing kind of the pomp and circumstance before he attacked people, but the crowd didn't care. They were chanting his name the entire time. They're rooting for him. They're hollering for him. They, they loved him. And yeah, that's a guy who, who he's hot right now. We talk about that too. It's sometimes you gotta, you know, do a little bit of an alternate to, uh, you know, get to a, a level that's really gonna be great. And yeah, I, I think Doring's been awesome. So I, I would do it. Um, is he the guy that unseats Miyahara? I I like Doring winning the tournament. I don't know that he necessarily wins the title right now. Would you like a, would, would right you like now, a spoiler? If that makes sense. He already lost ahead, to Miyahara, yeah. so it doesn't look like they're going in that direction. Um, okay. And if you look at Miyahara's results, um, at the, I have another spoiler for you. Do you want a sure. spoiler? Okay, so this was the one that happened the twenty sixth. I'm recording that. That was yesterday's show. Uh, Zeus defeated right. Miyahara. But he's in their block. So, so Miyahara is, but Zeus will get a title Possibly. shot regardless. So that still plays into a little bit. No, it said it, it, the, per Pariso spirit. It says as now, regardless of the tournament, he will be set up for a rematch against Miyahara. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, I want, I don't know if they're, they're set to that to as much as this when we got to new Japan, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I agree that usually that's what happens, but everyone's screaming about Tomohiro Ishii. But you're saying it's not set in, it's not set in yeah, stone. Yeah, because everyone's screaming yeah. about Ishii never getting his title shot against Okada. Who says he has to get one? Oh yeah, no, you you don't ever have to get any title shots unless it's explicitly said that you you know yeah no I don't think anybody's deserved any title shots. I've you know yes. me I've made that argument many a times about the oh well they lost the title so they get their automatic rematch. No fuck you. I mean traditionally <laughs> when a guy loses in a tournament it sets up the other guy for a title shot. I agree and Zeus may, may very well get one, but I don't know, the Ishii stuff's bugging me. We'll get to that when we talk about New Japan, but but yeah, so okay. it, it looks like uh, Doring already lost to Miyahara. Miyahara. Um, his he's he's like you said he lost to Zeus he he had a draw with Sekimoto that's probably just for point purposes to keep things uh, dramatic and he's beaten everybody else he's faced so far so they are pushing him hard look I wouldn't have a major problem with Miyahara one they're giving him this monster push once he beats Suwama in Sumo Hall I've been all aboard fuck it just have him beat everybody now and just keep riding this because why not you know what I mean so I wouldn't have a problem if he won the entire tournament. But, uh, but Joe Doring is a guy that I just love watching right now. And then we had the main event, which I think, um, I, at least I felt it was the best match on the show. I think I went four and a quarter on this, somewhere in that range. Suwama versus Suji Ishikawa. Um, Suwama put him away and, and, and picked up the big win on night one. And uh, look, I, was this your favorite match of the night, or did you prefer something else? Uh, second favorite. Yeah, I, I really like this one, too. I thought this was one of the best Suwama matches I've seen since he's come back from his injury. I think, I mean, that's almost on question. Would you say, I mean, I have not liked Suwama I don't all. have his matches on the top. Did you like this better than the Miyahara match in Sumo Hall? I think I did. Yes. Too. 
yeah, I, I did. And a lot of that is, I, I, I think Suji was awesome. But I thought Suama was right, right with him on that, too. Because that's when the match started, I went, okay, Suji's going to do everything he can to make this match great. And Suama, you know, will be Suama. But Suama held his own in this match, which is something that I don't know that he's done, you know, in, in months. Uh, especially, I mean, he just looks, and I get it. I mean, coming back from an Achilles injury is, is hard enough for somebody at the top of their power. You know, for somebody that's, you know, 25 years old, let alone, you know, someone who's Suama's age and weight and height and, and has as many miles as Suama has on him. So so credit to him for, for coming back. And, and doing as well as he's done but uh yeah no i thought this was his best performance that he's had in, in in quite some time and i thought this was yeah to me it was better than that 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 um the sumo hall match that you were talking about and i really i really really enjoyed this and i thought suama um to a point because i i never thought that suama was going to win and that's one of the great hooks of the match too is when he comes back and eventually wins and the crowd's kind of shocked a little bit as well not that they necessarily should be because suama's still a big deal there but i think everybody kind of assumed that that ishikawa would you know kind of set the stage from or or keep the momentum going from what he did last year and and, and he didn't do that so I was, I gotta tell really you, cool. I, I can't that. even think of a big Suwama singles match aside from that Miyahara match that he's had since he came back from the uh, Achilles. No, they've been no, terrible. I, I, no, <laughs> what I, I'm saying I can't. Or of what I he's had of any of them. Had, yeah, period, yeah, because I, again, this is the only night yeah. of the carnival that I've seen so far. Um, so uh, that would be the match I think to compare it to, unless I'm forgetting something. I'm sure he's had random singles matches here or there, but nothing that was put in a position to be great the way this was and the way that the. Uh, Obviously, the main event of Sumo Hall was. And yeah, I do agree it was better than that. Shuji Ishikawa is a guy who, when does he not deliver in a big singles match? I mean, yeah, he just, he just delivers crazy. every single time. And he's another guy where, you know, we just talked about, you know, you not being a body guy. Like, it doesn't – look, again, he works to his frame. You know what I mean? And he, he he's, he's not a – obviously not a body guy, but he's a guy who – he uses his size and he uses his frame to his advantage, and he has, you know, uh, charisma as well. So, um, you know, I and Suwama, this is a guy who I've always liked him better than other people have. I mean, it, that sounds very similar to my defense of Jake Lee, but Suwama's a guy who a lot of people find very boring. Suwama's a guy who uh, people just don't like his style of work. Uh, they they think he's a bit plotting at times. I've always enjoyed him. And um, I think this match proves that post Achilles and I, and I enjoyed the Miyahara match too. Uh, so I think he'll be just fine. Um, he's on the wrong side of 40 now. And I, I think it's kind of miraculous that he's been able to do what he's done. What look that Achilles injury. That's a serious injury too. That ends legitimate sports careers. Those Achilles injuries. Mm -hmm. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Like legitimate top tier athletes in the prime of their career will just be to the point they have to when retire. they get their Achilles. Like, yeah. It just, it ends careers. Right, yeah. So there's something to be said for that. And he actually came back ahead of schedule in his late thirties from that injury, which is actually, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, I, I'm not going to compare it to Joe Doring having brain cancer, but it's, it's remarkable that he came back as quickly as he did. And is, you know, basically I, you know, maybe 90% of what he was physically. So that was night one of the carnival. I don't see it as a show of the year contender, but I saw it as a very enjoyable show from, um, again, not counting the six, the eight man tags or whatever, but you know, the carnival match is very enjoyable from top to bottom. Uh, nothing. I mean, what was the floor here? Three and a quarter, three, um, you know, everything was, was yeah. And I mean, yeah, yeah and right around say, four yeah. for the, for the top stuff, you know, uh, you know, if you're a, a tough marker, like rich Krejci, you know, maybe four on the dot for some of these, I went four and a quarter on Suama and Ishikawa. I thought uh, Doring and Sekimoto was as good as a six-minute match could be, and I really enjoyed Miyahara Jake Lee. I thought that was a three-and-a-half, three-and-three-quarter star match. So uh, definitely, I think, if you're not a regular viewer of All Japan but want to get a little taste 
some of their top guys. Uh, I think this is a good show to jump into and check out. I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, and if you like it, then you got the rest of the carnival to watch. If you didn't like it, then you're good. Like, you just kind of saw it and said, okay. Like it. Oh, I agree. Yeah, no, and I think you're going to be then watched. And and it's cool because the Jamie Carnival is a good way to get and, – and it's not just all Japan guys, too, because they bring some other guys in from, from other companies and, and whatnot, too. But, yeah, it's a good snapshot of what the company does. You get an idea of kind of the, the flow and the look and the feel of the moder- the company as it is now. And, and yeah, it's a fun little micro-tournament. So if you just jump in and say, hey, I, I don't have time to watch every All Japan show going forward, but if I just want to watch this little tournament and see these little stories play out uh, you know, it, over these next few weeks, I mean, you got a great time to jump in here And right it now, was a sellout. So. We should note that. They sold out Cork and Hall for the yeah. first time in God knows how long. So, again, Miyahara momentum, All Japan momentum. Some of the other shows, the attendances I've seen have been a little bit hit or miss, but they've already drawn more fans than they did last year. I know I read that somewhere So uh, before the tournament even ended. So, uh, you know, um, good things going on, All Japan business-wise. And, look, we knew this was going to be a stacked tournament with some stacked blocks that was going to produce some really good matches. So I'm looking forward to uh, cherry-picking some of these other dates that have uh, come up until some of the bigger shows uh, emerge with All Japan. Are we moving on from All Japan? Or you got anything else here? Yeah, no, I was looking at the uh, – unfortunately, the standings, I, I tried to grab them from Pariso Spirit, and they they left out Doring and a few other ones. And, and unfortunately, they don't have them in the night prior. So Doring has, take, Doring like, has way four too long points. To He's got so, four. Okay, and then uh, who were we? Who was I missing I, from the I B block? The then I'm trying to. Head looking at it. Yeah, again, like I don't want to go but, back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it... Priest of Spirit, fix your Ishikawa, standards. I think is leading the B block with seven. I don't know. I can't pinpoint who's missing there. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out as well. But yeah, Ishikawa looks like Ishikawa and Bodyguard look like the two uh, and Suwama uh, up there on the tops. So those guys only have um, Ishikawa's got one loss, uh, two losses for Bodyguard and Suwama. But yeah, I, who, I can't who did, see who I'm uh, from that bodyguard block. face on night one? Uh, body. Uh, who is it? Oh, uh, Kengo. Mishima. Oh, he is in there. All so right, we have right. him there. And Daishi no more. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the six guys who work. I don't know who we're missing. I don't know either. Who worked the uh, tags? Maybe someone in the tags. Um, no. Nope. Oh, Omori, right? It's oh, gotta be yeah, Omori because we got Doring missing from yeah. A block. I think it's Omori. Yeah, yeah. So one one's missing from each of those. Yeah, so it's Omori. Then. Okay, there you go. I don't know how much he has though. <laughs> that makes sense. Let me make sure it's Omori. I'm a stickler for the details, Rich. Yeah, oh, Omori's the guy yeah, you have missing. I mean, we're ba- okay, yeah. we're basically talking I, I we're talking to each other spirit. because no one else is seeing these standings. Right, because you know, we're looking at our Google Doc that well, I Mori has three points. He's a non-factor, <laughs> so here's what people need to know. There you go. Okay. Miyahara and Sekimoto are tied with seven points, and they had a draw. So they're on top of the A block, and Kai has six points. Everyone else is out. B block, Ishikawa has seven points, and then there's a three-way tie. Bodyguard, Suwama, and Kengo Mishimo have six points, but remember... Suwama beat Ishikawa, and he's only a point behind. So yeah. B block is more interesting. It looks like A block is going to come down to Miyahara and Sakamoto. Interesting that they gave them a draw. So one guy is going to have to finish ahead of the other, unless they do like a tiebreaker match, which we've seen not in recent years in these sorts of tournaments, but in the past, like in the 90s, they'd have these tiebreaker matches, which uh, you know were like bonus matches between two top guys. So that was always a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. So that's all we got for the All Japan, right? Oh, okay. I do have I do have one thing. So this 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 is from the Wrestling Observer this uh, this week. 
I'm just going to read the exact quote as Dave wrote it um, in this week's Wrestling Observer. So uh, Tushi Onida has been trying to get Suwama to appear in FMW and do death matches. Suwama kept saying he has no interest. So FMW announced on a 427 show in Tokyo uh, with Onida and a bunch of other guys that the mystery partner, a third wrestler, would be called Chicken Suwama, and he'd be in the main event. All Japan president Junakiyama came out and said that FMW was given no permission to advertise the Suwama name, let alone put the name on an event poster. He said they were falsely advertising Suwama and that all Japan company shareholders are against this happening and demanding yeah, that we So the obviously this is all a gimmick. Uh, they're, they're working no, I, with Onita. Uh, Onita, a couple, I guess last month, bought tickets to a show and sat in the front row. Oh, that's like, uh, who, was, who was the crew that did that on an ECW show? Was it XPW? Uh, yeah, it was Rob remember Black's that? gimmick from uh, L.A. Yes, XP, was that XPW? I don't remember. I always forget. With which, Messiah like, and all those guys. And, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, uh, you know, the, 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 the gimmick here is, is, is um, Onita's been trying to get Suwama to, to, to face him in a tag match. And Suwama keeps saying no. So Chicken Suwama is sort of. It's yeah, man. It's a schoolyard taunt, you know. He's calling the man a chicken, you know. So you know, obviously Suwama's going to show up and and work the match. So that should be a lot of fun. But uh, Onita, man, he's coming to CZ Dub. So you know that that's he's facing. Uh, I think he's facing Tremont, right? Isn't he facing Matt Tremont in CZ? I don't know, but I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are into that. That, that are, and that's almost something that like, and I've never been a big Onita guy, but like, if I was a little bit closer, like, I would go to that show for sure because it's like, how many opportunities exactly. are you gonna be able to see Onita in his prime in like that environment too? Because that's a perfect environment for you too. And he he is against Matt Tremont, which is like, I don't, I, I would never want to see that match, but it's like I kind of want to because you know what I mean. Like that's 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 it. I mean, you're never. What other time are you going to be able to see that? And people are going to be so this passionate about that thing. too. It's when you have a chance to see a legend, you you may not ever have the chance yeah, again. Right. And Onita certainly qualifies as a legend. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely a legend. And even if I've never really liked him on that level that other people do, it's still it's like that. So that's a legend, man. So. You have to go. I mean, you just have to go. You know what else you have to do, Rich? You have to check out Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. And their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Those who spend a lot at restaurants or high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. Here are some of the featured upcoming meals. How good to these sound, Krejci? We've got the spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salata. Rich, how much pizza did you eat in Italy? I've... Oh my god, I ate so, I'm so sick of pizza. I've never in my life, and I told this to Michelle on like day eight of our trip, I was like, I don't want pizza like for like two weeks now. <laughs> like I've just and that two weeks for me without pizza is a lot. But how but I, was I, yeah, the I pizza? ate like pizza every single Oh, it was it was good. It was uh you I, I don't know if you would like it though. It was gimmicky. There was a lot of gimmicks on the pizza. Was it as good as this blue apron pizza though? That's the question. Uh it was not. I have made this blue apron meal and there it was not as good as that. The blue, blue there you yeah. go. Straight from a man who came from the motherland. Yeah. The Blue Apron pizza was better. I was kind of surprised. The motherland, I mean, good pizza, but not, you know, I've had better in, the in, in America, Blue Apron I think, pizza so. better than the authentic Italian pizza. This is why you got to get Blue Apron people. You could also get sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrots, and ginger fried rice. And you got to try the Parmesan crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. 
For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. You're never going to eat the same thing twice in a year. Customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Rich, I'm not a man who enjoys, I don't know, lamb. I could tell them no lamb. They don't even offer me any lamb. It's a great thing. Blue Apron has several delivery options. Well, there was that egg. There was that beaten egg thing. Like, you know, some people might like beets and eggs on their sandwich. You did not. So you said, nah, I don't want the beets and eggs. And they didn't care. They didn't throw you off the service. They, they said, oh, cool. Joe Lanza no did not want the beaten egg sandwich. So they did not send Joe Lanza. The- and not beaten egg. It wasn't a beaten egg. It was beets yeah, Dwight and Schreiber. eggs. So just so, just so. Yes. Beaten eggs. <laughs> and I said beet and eggs, right? Beaten eggs. Well, I just want people to not think, you know, it was a beet. Listen, we don't use vegetables around here or roots or whatever the hell a beet is. What is a beet? Is it a vegetable or is it like a, what is it? It's a root? I always beat one of those weird. I don't know what it is. I don't don't care. I I really dislike beets a lot. But that's cool because I I had the same option. I went, nah, I don't think I'm going to have the beets. Thanks, guys. And I pushed the beets aside. And then I got, like, delicious pizza or something like that. So that's my belief. I'm not sure many people went for that beet and egg sandwich, let's be honest. But... There's no weekly commitment. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be somebody. If you're a vegan, maybe. But yeah. Well, I, that's I the thing. Like, yeah, and, and they have vegan. Maybe. They have uh, vegetarian options, not vegan. They have vegetarian exactly. options too. So there's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes.